I'll move it real slow. It's like a robot. All right, 20 seconds starting now. Playing heads up seven up. That's a long twenty seconds. Yeah, Bro, twenty seconds on. seems like too long to sit here and be quiet. Dude, that's gonna. It just needed like a little bit of time. We look. It's enough on there. Okay. Are you sure? I think so. We'll find out Tuesday. Listo. Listo. <laughs> She's a brick house. Have you ever smoked a brick house? That's a Latin at all. Or is that what you brought them? That's, That's what, what I brought I'm about them. to. I like brick houses. They're good. From Connect I Cut? That's Connect I Cut. Dave's from Connect What's up, Dave? Does Dave listen? He listens. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that was on the ferry with the truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Welcome back to another episode of the Easy Struggle Podcast, where we talk about our daily struggles and where you get your weekly orgasms on. What's <laughs> up, like guys? It. How's it going? <laughs> What's up? Like How'd you that. like that? I like that. Yeah. Good intro. Made, made me chuckle. <laughs> How's your fucking week been? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, it, it's good. Got some, uh, had my kids. Yeah. My, my two. My two favorite kids. Two favorites? I'm going to put that out to the universe. Oh, the older kids The older suck. two, they can suck an egg. <laughs> they didn't want to come hang they, out. No, they, they got they got volleyball shit they're dealing with right now, so you know how that goes. Big yes. kid stuff. Yeah, yeah, high school shit. But now I had my two younger ones. We did a whole lot of nothing. Played a lot of Mortal Kombat. A lot of, uh, they watched me play a lot of Star Wars. I'm still playing the same fucking game have you haven't beat that yet i'm taking my time on it why because there's a lot of side missions and shit that i haven't gotten to yet i i felt like side shit was your thing though sometimes that's gonna why get not? you in trouble sometimes. he's there's nothing for him to get in trouble with oh, sometimes that's anyway but other than that <laughs> uh i texted y'all the other day about fucking text message i got oh yeah yeah definitely yeah uh that's kind of weird. So, my ex mother in law's boyfriend texted me, and it, out of nowhere, it's just like, "Hey, dude, want to let you know that Haley and Little Man is what he's calling the the new the new guy, the what, new guy, the Little new Man. Guy. Huh? Yeah, little is he man. short or something? Like, what's the deal there? Uh, yeah, I think he's he's a little shorter than I am. You're not and very I'm tall not, either. I'm not tall. At You're all. what five ten? Yeah. On, yeah. a good, on a good day. When you wear the heels, huh? Yes. Wear them pumps. That's right. I like them. Oh, you yeah. round up for him? <laughs> of course. Nice. <laughs> don't, don't you want everyone to round up for you? No? No. Okay. Because well, I, I, I know the truth. And it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, yeah, he texts me and he's like, hey, I just want to let you know that uh, your ex and the new guy went to the JP and got married. Yeah, I know, right, Kayla? Yeah, it's exactly what I said. <laughs> Her eyes tell it all, yeah. huh? And uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. I had to process that one for a minute before I was like, I mean, if that's what she wants. Right. I mean, they've only been together for, that I know about, like six months. Nice. Yeah. That's moving fast. That's moving. That's like warp speed. Man, you know, I don't have that kind of commitment for shit. 
Like, it took me, like, uh, what, fucking 15 years to make that decision to, yeah. like, yeah, marry you're Jerry. you graduate kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then decided. And your ex is fucking hopping in marriages in and out like it's underwear. I know, dude. Good God. It was, uh, it's something different to fucking get out of nowhere. I didn't know how to take it at first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's. And it was, I mean, it was so random to get it from. The, ex- the ex-father-in-law. Well, it's not even a father-in-law. It's just the ex-in-law's boyfriend. Oh, shit. So, huh. That's weird. Why did he send this? I, that's That was what my... Like, what, so now I got some intent questions. Like, what was his intent? I don't right. know. Maybe he's just trying to be a dick. I mean, me and him are pretty cool, though. We, okay. He, he's so a, he, he wouldn't intentionally try to disturb the peace? No, no. Fucking, he, he's you know. a... He's he's a good dude. We go we smoke cigars and shit all the time. Every time we see him at school events or something, he comes over and bullshits with me. He's an old old dude, Harley Ryder. Oh yeah, nice. So, yeah. She's gonna have trouble with that. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna okay. have problems. I just had to scratch all, my face. I had to scratch my face. Okay. That's that's Garrett's job. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna point at her face. Scratch right here. <laughs> You've done that before. <laughs> that's why I had three kids in like two and a half years. Yeah. There you go. But oh other, shit. Other than that, man. <laughs> Garrett, don't get embarrassed. <laughs> He's turning bright red over there. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a it was, it was a weird, a weird thing getting that text message, and I don't know where I didn't know how to take it at first. I was like, "All right, right." That was my my thing too. Was what what's he got going on behind telling me? Right. But I, knowing him, he's he's not that kind of a guy to be vindictive or start shit because then. We went into further conversation about how he feels about the new guy too, and I was like, "Oh, well." So it was a legit heads up, like he was giving you a heads up. Kind yeah. Of okay. I was like, "Well, at least I know the motherfucker's not as cool as I am." So <laughs> nobody's as cool as you are, bro. That's true. That's true. Zeke, how was your week, man? How's there, how was the shit for you? It was. I think it was good. What I remember was good. Went to the lake. Had a good time. Yeah, that was badass. Got on water. Man, I'm a little jelly. I mean, that the whole lake has like been where our lives have been for the past several years. Yeah, we've been trying to get there this summer too. This is my first time at the lake this summer. Normally, we've already done three, four trips. Yeah, there. several. And I got to do. This. It's a little different because this is sober lake right. version, so it's a little different. But it's all right. I get to do a lot more, so I'm helping cook and with the boat. Load and unload the boat. A little more interactive, I guess. Little, just, there's there's just a little drinking. more trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They let Sober Zeke do a little bit more things. All right, that's cool. Hell yeah, that's what's so that up. was fun. You had a bun- bunch of kids, so organizing the chaos and herding the cats, I guess, is the best way to word that. Yeah, my daughter went with you. That was yeah. She told me that whenever they got there, they were getting ready to get get into the water, and uh, they were like, "No, you go first. You go first. And they just pushed Alexis, Alexis yeah, in there. Yeah, she was closest just, to the edge of the boom. boat, and boom, she went in. Like, that's awesome. Somebody had to break the ice. Yeah, might as well just, <laughs> just do it. Don't be scared. Yep. Um, my, my fucking week was pretty good uh, until we got to Friday, getting ready to go out of town, and all the bullshit, got a fucking text message from uh, a friend of ours saying... Uh, Go meet up for some drinks, you know, Friday afternoon shenanigans and bullshit. Uh, so we're like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Me and Jerry went up there, had some drinks, uh, left, headed home, get ready to pack, do all that bullshit that we got to do. 
Jerry decides to run a red light, and we get fucking T-boned. Was this a premeditated decision? <laughs> I think Jerry was trying to kill me. I've told you for a while. She's going to kill me. She wants to. This was the first attempt. This was the first big attempt. Failed. She failed by foot, man. They hit right behind me. Like, I saw, the, I saw that car coming, and I was like, ah! And I jumped. And like jumped on the little the little island thing that goes what's the thing the, 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 the console yeah the console I jumped on the console like trying to get away from the car yep. like that motherfucker came straight just boom Jerry didn't do the old the old school mom thing and put the arm out no fuck no I don't even think she ever saw the car <laughs> she was like it just shocked she was like did we get hit like yeah did, did you we see that hit? fucking car you we know? just spun <laughs> circles. <laughs> No, I, I farted and it was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ultimately what ended up happening is I went to jail for a fucking PI because the cop was like, do you have a way to get home? And I was like, not right now. Like, I got to call somebody. And he was like, cool, we'll just take you to jail. And he took me to jail. So he I spent all day Saturday yeah. in jail. You need a place to stay? We got a place for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, and so no lake. You could have called me for that one. Dude, they literally, he was like... You need someone to pick you up right now. He could let me go fucking walking. So they he already know to. he is part of the Samoan cartel. So of course they're gonna pick him up again. They That's need true. Him, they need him back in custody. Hey, so those are probably the shorts because they just broke out on me. Look, it just broke all over me. I got a, I got ashed on. Got ashed on. Yeah, it was probably about an inch. That sounds but, dirty. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was how my weekend went. Ultimately, the, the week though was pretty good. I mean, other than that shit, I yeah. got out and... Yeah, we went and got the car this morning. When we got the car, Axel's busted. Panel was a little fucked, so it's not too bad. We put the spare on there, <laughs> and he's driving out, and it's, it's cockeyed. It's like... Oh, and I, I didn't call him. We got all the way to the gate of, this, of the tow area. Yeah. And get out, and I was like, was it making a noise? He's like, yeah. I was like, it's kind of fucked. But let's get out of the yard. We need to get out of the yard. <laughs> yeah, because so they charge you a shit ton for yeah. leaving it there. So we're just parked in front of the gate. They have two tow trucks trying to come in. We're holding up all the traffic. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> we don't want to move. Yeah, we're not, we're not budging. That, this, car, that, this car does not need to go anywhere. Yeah. That tire. That's forward. <laughs> and off the property. <laughs> it's, it's not, there's no turning involved. No, this this not at all. So we got no. it off the property. Yeah, we got off the property. We went uh, fucking about a mile down the street. We parked it on the side street. Came back to town and picked up the trailer and shit and, and uh, fucking went and dropped it off at my sister's. Called the insurance company. And that's a fucking... I wasn't even... I'm not even going to say that I got scared. We got T-boned. I, was, I wasn't even upset. Like, shit happens. But I was like, okay, I see you, girl. I see you. <laughs> Guess what? I still ain't put the life that's insurance... For you to get nice, no life insurance for you. I love that. That's the yeah. takeaway from all this. Yeah. <laughs> Was it a murder attempt? Right. So whenever I die, everyone I, look, my strugglers out there. Whenever I die, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jerry. She got me. I got got. You got got. Yeah. So who is it on the? What is it? The beneficiary? Is that the word? For mm-hmm. Who are your beneficiaries? It's split fifty-fifty between the kids right now. Oh, nice. As it should be. Right. And I'm in good, I'm in good with both of them, so I'm golden. Right. There you go. Like, I don't need a lot. Just a little. Yeah. Just come hang out. Yeah. So it needs to be an accidental death because that's where the big payout comes out. I got guitar lessons. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's why she was trying to do a car accident. Right. Yeah, that's the big payout. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, what is it, accidental death and dismemberment or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's the big payout. Dang it. Okay. She tried, man, but I still hustled mode past it. 
That's right. <laughs> he survived. Such a failure. Can't keep him down. Right. You need to watch more crime shows, Jerry. <laughs> Don't. What are no, you? No, no. I thought we were friends. Like, hey, what the fuck's going on here? I, either way, I'm trying to get money out of this. Oh, shit. But you know what? You know what, Art Kid? I got guitar lessons. Right. Something's going I on got, on the computer. I got a Power Reed Smith. It will take out on trade. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice. You got a PRS? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, so quick question. What do you think about this stick so far? It's uh, it's different. It's not bad. So it's not a bad. It'd be a very good. I'm drunk already. Smoke. No, I like this stick. You should have went with the Maduro. I'll get Probably. a Maduro next time. For you. Probably. I like this. Like this is a good smoke. You're missing out. You should have went Maduro. Right, you want to trade? No, not at all. I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't I'll, do the second I'll, nipping. I'll lick it and then give it to you. Mm. Interesting. I like when you do. try that one more time. I want to see. I want to see what happens. Hey, can you push that tip a little bit further in, past the white teeth? There you go. Oh, that. that yeah. That's, what that's like. about as far as it goes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Measured just right. Nice. Um. So here on uh, today, we got some people hits hanging out in the. Well, we got people in the in the back. Yeah. No homework tonight. My lady back there. Yep. She's hanging out in the Keeping back, tabs, just BSing. Yep. She's not even BSing. Looks like she was working. But we got what? some folks on the mics here. She's doing weddings. Um, got some of my friends I've known. Right, Gareth, we met at Baker what twelve years ago. Oh, you name dropped. Yeah. Oh, is it okay if I say his name? No, that's not about where you work. Oh, edit that shit out. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> now everyone knows. I'm gonna crank up the volume on that. We met we met there about twelve years ago, right? And before we had kids. Yeah, before y'all had kids, y'all were already married. Yeah. Yep. They're already married. Yeah, because when you had your first baby, I bought y'all the uh, the the baby care package. I bought y'all the all the wipey shit and the yeah. creams and the yeah. Oh, nice. I bought him a baby care package for the first baby. You didn't get what was, shit. What was that guy that kid. used to work there that made us a blanket and he fled to Mexico? Remember that? I, I know. Do you remember that? Do you remember that guy? <laughs> not, y'all think I'm making this up? I'm not making this up. We'll tell you all the name after we're off here. Okay. Nice. Bill. Bill? Yeah. Bill went to Mexico. He'll ran to Mexico. That's no, the, I'm not even like, well, he Mexican told me this a while ever. later, and I was like, what? No, it was a white guy. Oh, oh he was? It was, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I were, I'm not going to say his name. I I'm think mean, I remember his name. I want to be an outlaw. That's one way to do it, right? Yeah. I totally remembered. He said I remembered it. Okay, so I, I, I work with Gareth. Just... We've been there for 12 years. Uh, we've been pretty good. Over the past 12 years, he doesn't want to... I'm fixing my headphones. Hold this. <laughs> he's got the mic, but he's not going to say nothing. Yeah, he just got called out on air, so he had yeah. to do it. And you know, Celso's going to talk so much trash to you yeah. for this. Great. Celso, you need to text him and be like, I can't him. believe you didn't say nothing. Right now. He's just smirking. He didn't want to say nothing. He didn't even want to giggle. You know what's sad? I met him at your wedding, and he still doesn't really know my name. <laughs> <laughs> what is I your name? because he's Zatch. <laughs> it is Zatch. It, Zatch. Yes. See, so on the mic that's going to be talking, doing most of the talking for today is going to be April, which is Gareth's wife. So I met her through Gareth. That that kind of transition there, right? Yeah. Yep. Known you for probably about ten years, eleven years, at least ten years, yep. something like that. Yeah. Remember we had that? We all went and ate one year for his birthday over at uh, what was that place? Abuelos. When it used to be over at their old location. Yeah. Do you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, that yeah. was a long, long time ago. It's a long time ago. I think that was before kids. And that's been twelve. That so the before kids is that it, so? Do you think there's gonna be a new thing? People say before COVID, 
That was before COVID. Ooh, just no. random, just random thought. My bad. How many kids do y'all have? We have three. Nice. Nine, ten, eleven. And they are all. They're all girls. All girls. I feel your. Uh, feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I had nothing but brothers, and he had nothing but brothers, and I was the only girl in my neighborhood growing up. Like my whole life, I was the only girl. It's funny how this universe works sometimes. Something. <laughs> well, mm. you need the other. Spe- you need the other side of the spectrum just to. Just to offset, even right? things out. Got to offset bit. a little bit. Keep the wavelengths going smooth. So, uh, April, um, tell us, tell us where you're from. Tell us, tell us whatever you want. The, the the 65 listeners that we have listening, our mass following, our mass following. One, one of those people is Gareth. I was, <laughs> I was born and raised in Odessa my whole life. Met okay. Gareth in Mexico on a 10 day mission trip. Sound familiar to your story, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I came back and I was like, Mom, I found the guy I'm going to marry. She was in love. And I, just let me preface if my girls ever come back from a 10 day, 10 day trip and tell me they found the guy they're going to marry, I'm locking them up. There's no way. Huh. You, know, you don't do that kind of stuff. Like, do as I say, not as I do type thing. Right, you right. Know? And, uh, hey, you got you to take that paper off. There you go. Don't smoke that. I remember my first time smoking. So it was like five months later, six months later, we were engaged. 11 months later, we were married. I'm not even doing anything to this, and it's making that noise. You might have, you might need to turn turn up like that. Okay. There you go. That might that might help it. Anyhow, we lived in Alabama for eleven months ish, something what, like that. Came back here. What took you to Alabama? I told Gareth if he wanted to marry me, he had to come here to get me. So he came here and married me, and we were in Alabama the next day. But why uh, why Alabama? Because that's where he's from. He's from Alabama. He's a Southern Alabama. boy. He is. He used to have a super thick accent, like. Y'all have no idea. Really? So thick. Man, so nice thick. Nice to hear that on a microphone. But no, he hides it. He has it so well. And then every now and then I'll hear it and I'm like, hey, say that word again. And then he won't do it. You know, she probably finds it sexy. And that's why she wants you to say it. Did he take speech classes to like remove that? No, he was just. I think people always made such a big deal out of it that he tried to rein that in. Uh, you got to be proud of your roots, man. Yeah. Always. Always got to be proud of your roots. I He's see it in him. I see it in him. It's yeah. there. He wants to. He, he wants to. Yeah. Here. We'll just in case go. y'all don't know, I'm the super outgoing one of the marriage, and he is like, <laughs> he's absolutely not. Nice. So the thing is, is that part of our conversation today, you're going to have to speak. I have questions for you. I see it on the uh, the agenda. It's on the agenda. Yeah. Like, I've got a question for him. Okay. I want to know how the uh, the medical the medical uh, thing happened. At work, how he ended up. Oh yeah. How you turned. Here, out. I'll hand him my mic. Yes. I'll hold it for him. What did the uh? What was the the consensus on the all that shit? His being overdramatic. The consent. What medical thing? Remember when he passed out at work and you? you oh, thought, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go pick you him made, up. You made him put yeah. a dolly rancher in his mouth and suck on it. Is that, what, is that what we said it, it was? It was a butterscotch. Oh, that's butterscotch. A, it was butterscotch. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at a butterscotch. So what ended up happening? Was it a Werther's original? Nothing. We never could recreate it. Really? The one-time kind of deal. Maybe huh. it was just your blood pressure, huh? Yeah. No, it was that angel swooping by say, boop. Ah. Take a nap. Take a nap. Go night-night. Go night-night. Just to disturb the peace a little bit. Throw a little chaos in the mix. We got him to say a couple of words. Yes. We'll get him on here a little bit later. Accent free. Yeah, he did a good job of removing that because I couldn't hear it. 
He doesn't let it slip too much. When, no. when we go back home, when we go back to Alabama, I can hear it. Oh, yeah. yeah he's when around, he's around, around his the people. Family. I, yeah. I get it. Especially his aunt. He has an aunt. She she has a super thick accent. Nice. So, Odessa, what school did you go to? I was homeschooled. Okay. Ooh. that's From second a, grade on. That's not a bad thing. No. But I so? wasn't. I'm not Hermine like. Or OHS hey, I'm not choices. just like. <laughs> Typical okay. homeschool, like I hated being homeschooled, and I always told my parents growing up, I said you could stick me in a room with ten thousand people, and one of those being a homeschooler, and I could tell you who that homeschooler is. Like, you're, you're not one of those weird homeschoolers. I'm absolutely not one of those. Yeah, as a matter of fact, pretty outgoing. Man, uh, yeah, I am. And on one of on one of my trips, because I grew up going on mission trips from like thirteen to twenty one, and I remember on one of my trips, it was one of my older ones. I was seventeen, eighteen years old, maybe even nineteen, and uh, I picked up, I drove to Dallas and picked up one of my co leaders, and me and him were talking on our drive up to Oklahoma. And he, he asked, I guess school, I guess. Yeah. Everyone knows permanent OHS. Like, yep. And so I told him I was homeschooled and he was so shocked that I was homeschooled and I felt so accomplished. It was like the biggest compliment ever. Like you were homeschooled. I'm like, yes. Hell yeah. I, I was super. Damn right. I was. Yeah. <laughs> but really, but that's good. No, it. And I'm thankful for that. I'm glad my parents didn't throw me back into the realm of things. Like not that there's anything wrong with public school, but. I'm super outgoing, I mean, and I know yeah, I, I probably mean. I know I probably wouldn't have made the wisest of choices in school. So right. Oh man, no, that's cool. When I feel like the mission trips, there. I mean, you're pretty outgoing, so maybe the mission trips helped a lot. Yeah, you they did. see a lot of different cultures. Yeah, I did. I saw a lot of different cultures, and it helped ground me a lot too. Like, and for what I believe and why I believe it, and um, got me through a lot in life because of those experiences. That's good. Yeah, you could see everything else and test years. I yeah. mean, once you test it, you, you ground it a little better. Right, so she, like she she said this already several times that uh, that she's done a bunch of mission trips, and this is why we kind of brought her on, right? It's because you recently, within the last week, week, you just got back from Africa. Put some of that African music on there. Still not the one I would have picked. Whoa! What is that? Oh, what is this? It'll go with the story. I didn't know he was going to put it on the table, but it'll go with the story. I wanted you to now jump I'm going to the... sit here and describe this because the people that listen won't know what they're. I want. I wanted you to about. put it on the chorus part where he was all like. <laughs> you got to hit the high note. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, co- no copyright infringement here. <laughs> Gotta hit pause. We do not own the rights to this music. Yeah. Everyone says, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, whatever. That's dumb. I know. Uh, so, uh, Zach's gonna take some pictures of these cool things you just that he just put up here. These, so we uh, put them on Facebook? Yeah, so we can put them on Facebook so people can see these. It's not a Divic box, is it? <laughs> a what? It looks Kenya, like a pot. Kenya's the key on that. You pull Kenya out of that box and it opens. I feel like a genie's gonna pop out of that. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. So what are these artifacts that you got? Like one's artifacts. an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. one's, one's an elephant. I think that was a lion. That's I don't a even know. That's a good descriptor. And uh, they're just made from local rock there. And the people. Those they, are rocks. Yeah, they get them and they carve them. Can I see it? Yeah, you can hold it. I don't want to break it. If I break it, I'm so sorry. Oh, they chisel those things. You can out. just give me money for my my next trip, and I'll buy another one. Oh, I'll yeah, that. I mean, this looks like it was maybe ten cents, so that'll be the next trip donations. <laughs> and there is this. 
This is a lion. Carved, yeah. It's a blue lion. Oh, that's badass. And they Why did they put him? some clothes around her bum bum? I'm not for sure. I, I just bought it. it. I saw it, thought it was cool, and I bought it. I no, it. that's cool. That's cool. And that's this one's heavy. Just, yeah, here, yeah hold that. No, hold hold that in your hand. This one's like a box. You take Kenya out, and it slides. <gasps> what? What? Kenya is the key. That's what I'm Kenya is the key. Like, Kenya is the key, and you take. Uh oh, there's a chip in there. I didn't do that. It wasn't this brown person. It's all right. Okay. Oh, it's a puzzle box. No, no, just one piece. So and you it, have. You have to slide it, put it on the end, and slide it in. So you. How you unlock it? That's what she said. <laughs> You have to slide it in. Oh, yeah. I see it now. There's it wasn't as it wasn't yeah it wasn't as fancy like it wasn't as as complicated as I was trying to make it. <gasps> That's so cool. You see? Did you see everything I did? Yeah, that was really cool. Okay, I mean that way you can try it too. You pull Kenya out and then it slides out <laughs> like a drawer. Well, I kept hearing that pull Kenya. I was like, who is Kenya and why is he in there? <laughs> you know. God damn it! That's fucking cool, and that's also a rock. That's also yeah. a rock, right? Yeah. Wow. Clay something. Clay rock. Well, that this pot right here, it, that actually goes with the story. I'll explain that in, in a little while. I mean, I know what I would stash in. I don't know. What I know what you'd stash there. in there too. And it would be hard to get it out because it's Kenya. Kenya is the key. See, that makes so much sense. Um, where Gareth? Where's uh, Abdu from? It's that it's that weird name. Pull up the countries and we can tell you. He, so uh, uh, one of the one Uganda? of the employees. No, not Uganda. It sounds like Ghana. It's not Uganda. Well, it, it would trip me out. It was when I first met him, and I was thinking, you know, he was. I don't try to sound racist or anything, but I figured he spoke like some traditional African language, and he doesn't. His original language is French. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like South South Africans, like they're British. They've only been a colony or a country for oh, like yeah, they are, the last like 60, 70 years. And, Not long. Yeah, and they're, they're white as can be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what people get mixed golfers. up about. Yeah. They're good golfers. That's weird. Yeah. Like okay. I went to OC. Else is from, from over there. I went to OC with a guy, and they recruited him from South Africa for their golf team. Yeah. Yeah. Odessa College. Seriously, I'm not even lying. Yeah, and men and the same thing. Yeah. South Africans, and they're really good. Okay. At golf. Yeah. That's where he's from. Oh, so, so you, you just got back from, from Africa? From Kenya. From Kenya, specifically. Kenya, it's in the bottom half, but the top part of the bottom half. Nice. Near and, the equator. Okay. Oh, how man, was it brutally hot there? Like, West Texas hot or worse? It was very... I like the West Texas heat because it's dry. Mm -hmm. So there it would be... So when we landed in Nairobi... It's a higher elevation, and so for us, it was. We thought it felt great. It was like maybe seventy-five degrees, and the locals wore winter coats. Whoa! I'm not even lying. They were freezing. They thought it was so cold. Oh man! Like short like short. legit like winter coats with the fuzzy thing around the hood, bundled the up. Parker looking. Things. I'm serious. Y'all think I'm joking? I'm not even lying. Did you by chance take pictures of that? No. Nah, I would have. But I'm not making it up. We've, we've, uh, we've no believe. pictures. Wow. No pictures. It doesn't happen. Uh, no, just so kidding. my my boss is hunting a, a bongo in the Congo right now. Dang. Oh, is so, he is he back over there? He, well, he'll be back Tuesday. Rambo right? uh, in the jungle. Something like that. Bongo. That's, 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 
Yeah. Rumbling he does it he does it every year. It can hunt a different animal when you go to the flight. Was <laughs> How long is the flight? So we flew from Odessa to Houston, which is like an hour. Right. Smith and Night in Houston. Um flew from Houston to Paris and it was ten and a half hours. Okay. And then had a really short labor, like three and a half two hours, two hours, fifty minutes, three hours ish. Um, and then from Paris to Nairobi was another nine and a half hours. Or eight and a half hours. It was long. That's a lot. It yeah. was like 20 hours in air. A lot of time on a plane. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I've done like 16 hours, and that was pretty rough. It's horrible. We, uh... I like when they give you the little hot towels you can wash your face off. And so, I usually sleep. I try so hard to sleep, because I've been to Africa before. I've been to Morocco, and I've been to Egypt. And that was before kids, before marriage. Like, no issues falling asleep. And this flight, I knew I really wanted to sleep. So right when we took off, I took an Ambien, nice. and an hour later, I was still awake. And so I took two Dremamine, and an hour after that, I was still awake. So I took two Melatonin. I was awake the entire flight. Whoa. The entire flight. Sounds I was like someone's awake. got a drug problem. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so horrible. And the guy I was sitting next to, he was French. I had the window seat. And the guy, so I get on the plane to sit, and the guy is already in his seat. Rambo. Pretty sure he was acting like he was asleep. Like we hadn't even taken off yet. Not everyone was even loaded. And he was sitting like this the whole flight. He had his left leg under my seat and his right leg under the aisle person's seat. And that's how he slept. And then he was doing this the whole flight. Like Flapping throwing elbows. Knees. I'm not even kidding. The whole flight, he was that way. Should have gave him a wet willy. It was. <laughs> Should have just punched it was him in the And then I don't like to get up sure. and go to the bathroom on planes. So this was, what did I say, like a nine and a half, ten hour flight. We, hit, we were only an hour from landing. And I decided I needed to go pee. And the guy didn't even remotely wake up. When I needed to go. So I stood up, like literally stood up in my seat, climbed over him. And the person on the aisle was one of my teammates. So my teammate got up, moved, I peed, came back, teammate moved again. And the guy was still completely oblivious to anything that was going on. So stood in my seat, climbed over him. And I don't know if I passive aggressively stepped on him accidentally on purpose or for turbulence. No, I just, I kicked him climbing over him and on the crotch no <laughs> sorry and then i said and we were, we were super close to we were super close to paris and we were flying east so the sun rises in the east and i sat down and i raised my window up i was so mad <clears throat> like he covered his eyes and other people across the plane because it was a huge plane mm-hmm. so it was three seats four seats and then three more seats oh it was a wow huge, oh yeah, huge it, was plane. Big yeah it was a big seven, plane seven, 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 eight, so okay. it was huge and um i didn't meet i, I don't I didn't feel bad about doing that, so I really don't know if I did it on purpose or not. But anyhow. I would have done it on purpose. That was so irritating. So we get to Paris. Um, Before we left Houston, I have a 32-ounce hydro flask. I love my hydro flask. And I'd filled it completely up with ice and water. Because I knew once we got to Kenya, we would not have ice. And we wouldn't have anything cold. So I filled it literally all the way up. Didn't drink any of it the entire flight because I didn't want to have to get up 500 times and go to the bathroom. God, you drink nothing for nine so, hours? Yeah, I was Whoa. out. Yeah, like intentionally. And so we get to Paris. So when we get to Paris, we legit, like, we all we had to do was change terminals. But we had to completely go through security again just what? to change terminals. So we get there. And I don't read French. I don't know if you'll know that, but I don't read French. And so I get up, yeah. So I get up there. I get up there, and this Frenchman, he goes, "You have to throw your water bottle away." And I'm like, "That's, it's a forty-five dollar water bottle. I'm not throwing my water bottle away." And that's what I told him. I was like, "There's no way." I said, "Can you not just dump it out?" No. Are you no, kidding me? I was no, like seriously, he goes, "You have to drink it." 
Whoa. So, like, I'm not even like, and like, and my youth pastor, he was the youth pastor for my church. He was there with me and he looked at me and he's like, Do you need me to help you drink it? And I was like, No, I'm sure. They made you chug. And it was so cold. It was so, so cold. And I sat there and I drank the whole thing and I get it. I was so mad. And I get it and I go, Just like that. And it like clank real loud on the table. And keep in mind, I'm still semi-drugged here because I had all this drugs in my system. They're, they're finally I, kicking. I hadn't even like I hadn't even drink anything to help flush everything out of my system yet. And he looks at he picks up the hydro flask, looks at it, sees the ice, takes my bottle, and goes and dumps the ice out. Oh, what a jerk! What and a he, jerk! I'm not even kidding. And he brings it back. And even me and Jake were like that. He seriously just did that. Yeah. Maybe he didn't know the ice was going to turn into water. Oh my gosh! I was shortly. I was so irritated. I shouldn't have been as irritated as I was, but... I mean, it's a nine-hour flight, and then they're telling you that you can't yeah. have water. And I hadn't slept the whole flight, so I was kind of grumpy anyways. But So we got done there, got through security, went to Starbucks, grabbed a, grabbed a coffee. There's a Starbucks? There was. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. There was a I mean, they're yeah. in Paris, And though. it's a huge airport. Huge airport. Okay. Huge, huge, huge airport. Like, yeah, international airport. Right? Yeah, they... and a major hub in the European area. Right. So, so we got... No, I was going to say, so you, so you get to Paris and then you're about to... I get to Paris, get on a plane, fly from Paris to Nairobi, another eight and a half hours. I slept on this flight. It was great. It was great. I slept. All the drugs kicked so in. So this is when you got to No, this was, this was non-drug-induced. I slept. And, Maybe uh, you were just dehydrated and you drank all that water. Your body was <laughs> yeah. like, thank you, Lord. Jesus. Nice. It's about time. <laughs> no. I sat next to a super nice Kenyan lady. She was super nice. Um, She offered her some of my snacks and because we have like like i'm american so i took a bunch of american snacks with me and my carry-on so shared those with her landed in nairobi went to the crown plaza hotel if you're ever in nairobi you should totally stay at the crown plaza Uh hotel we get there and it was it was like midnight our time no midnight local time lie it was midnight local time so anytime our teams fly in to nairobi we always stay at the crown plaza we've been doing this for Okay. 10, 11 years. So they know who we are. They're super familiar with us. And they had pizzas waiting on us. Nice. 20 pizzas, 22 pizzas, 22 pizzas. And our team like ate them in minutes. Yeah, VIP treatment. Like, it, right. I'm not even kidding. It was so good. Crown Plaza. So it's like one o'clock now. Well, Gareth just read it to me a while ago. I think I showered at one o'clock, went to bed at one twenty-eight, and I was up at six, seven in the morning. Um, got up, had breakfast, like nicest breakfast I've ever had. It was immaculate. Nice. Like every kind of pastry you could possibly fathom. Um, all yeah, all kind of, like almonds and pistachios and what like in these super fancy nice little dishes. Uh, and you go outside and the guy makes omelets like any kind of omelet omelet you want. And he bring, order like right in front. Yeah, of you? right in front of you. Oh yeah, actually that's the no, way to do it. he just goes. Yeah, just he'll, he'll go. What kind of omelet do you want? You tell me where you where are you sitting, and you just point, and he brings it right to you. And like four or five right. people at a time would come, and he would just take them to the right person. It was great. Got them there. Um, the pastors we work with in Kisumu were actually um, we took them, we flew them to Nairobi, and a lot of them have never seen like a bathtub before. And they one all, of like they all lake they've grown up lake showering. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of, one of our pastors later in the trip was telling us, and it was so funny because he had never seen a bathtub before. And so he didn't really know what to do with the, the, the bathtub. And so he fills the, and they're big bathtubs. 
he fills this bathtub all the way up, like all the way up with water. And he, <laughs> he walks to he walks to the bathtub. He doesn't get in the bathtub. He walks to the bathtub. Here, hold this. And he stands there and he just starts doing this. Like splashing, <laughs> like splashing the water on him, bathing like in like the Like it's floor. a basin. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And uh Well you have to preserve it, right? He didn't want to put his whole Yeah. Pot. Okay. Yeah, he's like uh, <laughs> Someone else has got to use someone's Almost water, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got this. It, made, it made a huge mess. His wife was like, what are you doing? Because there's water. And they're like, that's why they have to pay the hotel, uh, the room deposit. You're the reason they have to pay the room deposit. Your old lady's going to walk you to the bathroom one day. She's going to slip and bust her ass. Yeah. She's be like, what the fuck are you doing here? And you're like, I'm trying to shower. Like, I'm, I'm bathing. I'm bathing. bathing. Yeah. Leave me alone, Kayla. <laughs> Avert your eyes. Um, but we loaded up. We loaded up from there. And drove. That wasn't even your destination yet. No, that wasn't even our destination. Yeah, the the flight cost from Nairobi to where we were going was going to be like three hundred dollars a person. Well, there's twenty two of us. That's a lot of money. Oh so yeah. So we just, we just rented three vans, and they're not like air conditioned vans. They were just vans, vans. With, with no air conditioning. I'm picturing like Astro vans. I was thinking it was, it was, uh, like the old white van. Like, and they don't free even candy. Yeah, they don't even have like the same kind of vehicles we do here, so I can't even describe what kind of vehicles they are. Like it was this, it was a van. Okay. Search up. So, were they the Mercedes ones? That's what I was. Actually, picturing. Yeah, I think they might have been. I'm picturing yeah. the Mercedes yeah. because that's pretty common. And those that are time. common vehicles yeah. over there. Yeah. Like our Astro vans. Yeah. Yeah. So we drove from Nairobi down to the Kisumu Ahero area. Took us eight hours. Ooh, eight eight hours. And like, Whoa. we're not talking like Texas roads, and we're not talking. These are like like paths. They make Oklahoma roads look amazing. Oh, okay, I like Oklahoma, Oklahoma has horrible roads, right? Garbage. Yeah, horrible it's roads. Garbage up there. Garbage. And um, they have like every. <laughs> it's like it's every. It it felt like every less than a mile, but they have speed humps on the highways. So <laughs> even once you get going, you have to slow down to go over the speed hump. The speed hump. Can it, it can't even go around over. No. It was, guys, it was horrible. So that took us eight, eight or nine hours. Here's, for reference, are you ready? So we, we drove that going, took us eight hours. We flew it one way coming back from takeoff to landing was 29 minutes. It took us eight hours to drive it. Eight hours to drive it. Like here to Abilene. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Right. Yeah, 29 minutes. Because they told us to like... Because yeah. he told us, he was like, it's a, literally enough time for them to come by. You, They give you a drink. You barely have time to take your drink. And then they come by and pick it up and it's time to land. And I was like, surely not. And I timed it. Why even give a drink at that point? Yeah. 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 To wet the whistle. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> so we flew, or no, we drove. And Chris told us, he said, going, driving it instead of flying it, you'll see a whole lot more of Kenya than, than you ever normally you would. You have plenty of time. Yeah. And so we stopped at a valley, and it um, overlooked. It's called the Rift Valley, and it actually stretches all the way up to uh, Egypt. So that's I don't know how many thousands of miles it is, but it's a lot. It's a long way. And then we stopped in another place. It was kind of like a. Uh, it was like a grocery store. Um, I got, and it it was a market. No, it was like a grocery store. Okay. Like they had like cashiers and registers. Oh, okay. I grabbed, and they had stuff, like, things that we'd be familiar with. Like, I grabbed Pringles. So it's kind of westernized. Kind of. Yeah, just a little bit. But it's, like, you can buy Coke Coke products all over the world. Like, I've climbed up the highest peak in North Africa before, and they have damned 
the water coming out of the mountains and they've tied the bottles onto um, rope and the cold water coming off the mountain keeps them cold and it's Coke products. Like Coca-Cola goes all over the world. Right. Well, it tastes you, different though. I've had like in Germany and it tastes different. Like the Cokes. And even in Iraq, it was funny. And it was still the old pool tab Coca-Cola. Right. Guys. So I was actually listening to another podcast and they were talking about how the Coke products, even at McDonald's, taste different because they uh, they have like refrigerated a, and well no they have a, if you look at the oh the when you buy the Coke product it tells you how you should actually like store it and McDonald's is one of the few companies that does it so it makes their product taste better taste better and it tastes fresher well, I didn't know it had instructions yeah yeah like how you should store it and all that and McDonald's is one of the only companies that does that huh. anyways I, th- I think we need a a box for science yeah no science. I just drink Dr Pepper. Check out my Pringles, my Coke Zero. Yeah. Hop back in the bus. Oh, and I lost my charging cable at some point. I don't even know how because I don't remember taking it out on the airplane. So I just stopped and buy me a new um, it was the lightning guy. cable. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the Pringles. So what time yeah. of day is this? The there's, 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 the there's, yeah. there's an eight-hour time difference. And we left the hotel at, I don't remember, maybe eight o'clock. In the morning? Yeah. Okay. So you're going, you're getting all daylight. Is it hot? It's hot. No AC in these vans. We're higher elevation. Right. We're higher elevation in Nairobi. So it was nice and cool. Okay. So where you're at, is the daylight the same length as ours or yeah. longer? No, it's the same. Okay. We're just, there are eight hours ahead. Gotcha. So it's just okay. a time difference. Yeah, There's just no, a time difference. The days don't get longer no. or anything like that. She was in the future. No. Ooh, yeah, nice. I was in the future. Yeah. Oh, like literally. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so. This is what's about uh, to happen over there. So what is your. Oh, saw monkeys. Lot? Saw monkeys along the drive, like wild monkeys. Really? Yep, yeah, not lying. Bamboos. They, bamboos. I keep on saying bamboos. Oh, I see Bab- stabilized I'm sorry. Bat. Baboons. Sorry. Baboons. So monkeys baboons. and baboons. Like legit just running across the road. They're like, look. And we look like, like white American people. Is that like our ducks around here? Is, this yeah. specific, <laughs> is Rafiki a baboon? Yes. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a specific yeah. kind. Yeah. So there's like big, they're, they're a good size. Hmm. Like the size of a three or four year old. Really? Yeah. Oh, so the size of a toddler. Yeah, they were big. funny to see these little kids running around all the time. <laughs> jumping out of trees. Hey, so what, do you think like animals like see um, like humans and they're like oh children look there they go again they're going down the street look at the white people <laughs> like, i hope so right? i hope they get as much amusement and as like, we do we think we have them fenced off but they think they have us yeah. fenced off we got them where we want it <laughs> all right it's time to queue <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry no you're fine I don't it's care. um so where's where's your final destination you're trying to uh get we went to harrow and uh Kisumu in that area, and then Kisumu. and it's a whole lot. It's lower elevation, so it was really hot. Um, so you went up, and then you went back. Yeah, down. we landed in the higher elevation, and then we drove. You drove down into into yeah the, the, into the heat, super super hot. Um. So what's the purpose of you going out there? And I mean, you said you, you y'all do this. Uh, I, I guess you have a group that does it every year, huh? Yeah, we have. I go with Nourishing the Nations. You can check them out on Facebook. Find them on Facebook. Give them money. Because they do legit work in, in Kenya. Nice. What um, is the hook? Say it. Nourishing the Nourish, nations. Nourishing the nations. Nourishing the nations. Um, no, we go and we do a couple of different things. We um, we have six feeding programs. Because uh, where the part of Kenya we were at was... I've been to third world countries before. This takes the cake. Um, super, super, super poverty stricken. Um, the houses are... And this is just like culturally, culturally normal... The houses are sticks with um, mud and tin roofs. Yeah, the huts or whatever. Um, I don't even know 
the ratio of like the poverty level. I should have looked that up, but it's just it's very very poor. Um, and so the certain areas that Nourishing the Nations is in, we actually have feeding programs where we feed the kids five days a week. Mm. Um, some of them are actually at school. We have schools there too. So the school children, they get to attend school and we feed them. And, so they could uh, possibly be there like only meal of the day. Right. And over there, so here kids take their school to lunch or the schools feed them or whatever. Over there, it's, it's so poor that the students actually have to leave school for lunch really yeah they and if they go if their parents have food they do if not i mean they they just don't eat yeah they they're on their eat. own kind of yeah. yeah yeah um and then we build houses we did that a couple of different times um and then i mean the main thing we do is we just teach them the gospel and we talk about how god is holy man is sinful jesus is the answer and then what we're supposed to do with that knowledge and we walk them through that and that's something that our pastors that we work with over there they're not just, hey, this is what we do. Like, they're very legitimate. And they go in and they disciple and they pastor. And a lot of the pastors over there are what we would consider bivocational. So they have jobs and they pastor. And so um, that's, then they're very passionate about it. And they right. love their people. They love, love, love their people. And it was really neat because, like, we hear, we've been going to our church for three years and we hear, like Chris and Lisa and others that have gone talk about like the pastors that we work with over there and, and what we do. And we see the pictures when they come back, but to go over there and see it firsthand and to really see, right. and know like, Hey, I've heard stories. Like I know your picture because I've heard stories about you, you know, yep. and to, to get to meet these people. Like there's one boy, his name is Carlos and um, he was born with spina bifida. And here in the States, you normally know that, ahead of time when your kid is born going to be born that way it's where right. part of their spine is showing right when they're born and um over there they don't have that they don't have the medical advances that we do either. right okay and so they actually catches them by surprise they, when the child's born yeah and so they they met carlos and nourishing the nations um set it up to where he was able to go to one of the hospitals in Kenya. So mm -hmm. It's actually through Samaritans First. They're like a huge worldwide organization. And uh, a surgeon went in, and Carlos walks now. He talks. He's oh, like, badass. He's like That's three, cool. four years old. I'm not, And we saw him while we were there. And so it was really cool because they were like, oh, Carlos is at the house waiting. I'm sorry. And to see that and be like, man, I've known your story. I don't know yeah. why that keeps humming. Um, but it's, it was really cool to see that. Um, I'm trying to think of... Some of the other things. Um, so overall, would you say they're receptive of like? They, they're very receptive. So over there, because that's something that I actually talked with my pastor at my church about, because he's been a bunch of times. I, said, I asked him, I said, what is the biggest struggle, I guess, that you've seen over there? And he, he told me he's like a lot. There's like a lot of prosperity gospel over there. Like, hey, give money, be good, you'll get to heaven type thing. And a lot of people believe that. And we saw that there was one day and Mormonism is a thing over there. Um, this is actually the, so we got there Saturday. So Sunday jet lagged and everything. We went to church and I've never been to a church service in a third world country. That's an hour long. They're always, you go to church. Several hours. Like this one was from 10 to two Whoa. Yeah. with no break. Well, what? Yeah. Like sat there for four hours. You're there to meet and Jesus. It, yeah. It's, it was legit. It was, it was it hanging out for a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah so, definitely. you know, it was really neat because this was also one, it was a neighborhood church. So there's also a lot of like 
when I tell you there's a lot of kids there, there's probably over 100 kids there. And it's in a tiny church, but the kids stayed outside. And the way it worked is um, some of our kids, or some, we took eight teenagers from our church. And some of our, if you break that, I'm going to be super upset. I know. He's picking up, he's picking up my pot that a lady gave me. Don't. I didn't buy me anything in Kenya. I was gifted that. Ah, there's a fly on my nose. Anyhow, um, so some of our students went and had a Bible story with their little kids. And then a couple of our other students went and um, had Sunday school with the teenagers. And then one of the men on our team, we had Sunday school with adults. And then we had a, a service where all of the adults were together and the kids just stayed outside. And they sang and sang and sang and sang and then preached. And then we went out and we actually, we, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not judging it. No, um, thank you. We got to feed the kids. And so the feeding programs that Nursing in Nations does, it's, um, it's white rice and beans. And I don't even really know how to describe the beans. Like they look like pinto beans. I know it keeps humming and I'm not for sure what I'm doing wrong. I'm just going to hold it like this and not move. Okay. You okay. move, but I think if you hold it like that. Um, so it's white rice and beans five days a week at the feeding sites. And it's a cheap meal, but I mean, that's, but like, but that's the normal. Brutal. Like it's very, like for us, that'd be like toast every morning. Like it's just yeah. something, it's like a staple. I don't want yeah. to that. Like, it's just normal. And, um, so that, that particular day, man, I seriously, at least a hundred kids. And they were all packed under this tiny little tent and there's no fighting. There's no arguing. Like even some of the older siblings that were there, like maybe like fourth or fifth grade, they wanted to make sure their younger siblings got food. Right. They wanted to make sure their their siblings had food before they got food, and they're just so unbelievably thankful for that. Like it's just basic stuff that we take for granted. Man, that's awesome! To, like, right? To know that that's happening. Yeah, and it's legitimate. That's the thing. Like, because a lot of times you hear of organizations that are, like they're embezzling money, you know, right. super shady stuff. Well, I've been to third world countries, granted for different reasons, where yeah. the kids are throwing rocks at us, and right. like they're not receptive. To us by any means. Yeah. Oh, the tr- there were some that never seen white people, and they cried. They were so scared of us. Really? Yeah. Mom, I see never, that ghost. never seen white people. So they're scared. Oh, they're- yeah, like some of them would cry and cry. So back um, at our facility, Nursing the Nations, we actually have property there. Right. And we've, we've had it maybe since like September, I think. I'm not for sure. We haven't had it very long. But we actually had us a, like a compound built. So we have a house there that has four rooms in it. Um, so that's where we actually, we actually have a place to stay when we go. Right. And um, the neighborhood kids, when they know that we're there, they all come over and play. And, I mean, there's some of them that, like, legit just cry and cry because they see white people and they don't know what to do. Huh. That's wild. So That's wild. It is. Yeah, it's super yeah. wild. I think about that. But another thing they do, the Nursing Nations do, is um, they'll drill water wells. And those cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah, But definitely. they'll drill water wells. And they don't just keep that water there for the for the feeding site. They open that up to the whole community. And so the whole community can come and they can just, they can fill up their water bottles, go home, cook, use it to, you know, whatever. And they can access clean water. So it's so, not, it's not something that's just, hey, this is only for nourishing the nations because that's not the, that's not the purpose. So they need civil engineers over there. Right. That's where I can my boy the, comes right here. I can drill the play. well and run some lines and all that. It's just, it's super cool. Like, it, it's, it's really it sounds like a really good time. Like, like. So ultimately, what were y'all there doing? You were just to help serve or, yeah, or serve. build or? Just to, I mean, the main thing was to, I mean, preach the gospel to people that, right. and, and that's okay. what we did. That's what we did every day. Like any, any site we went to, whether it was a school, hanging out, building a house, dedicating a house, whatever. That's what we did. We told them, you know, God is holy. And that's in Isaiah six and then over in Revelation. And that means he's set apart and we're not like that. 
right. we're sinful people. And because man is sinful, I mean, we all know what sin is. And I'm the utmost of those, just so you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but really. Sin is then, to miss. And yeah. then. To miss right. the mark. And then, right. and then Jesus is the answer. And, and that's what separates Christianity from, from most anything else. It is, I mean, Jesus wasn't just a man that came. I mean, Jesus, he was God in the flesh. Right. And that's what we tell them. You know, and he didn't just stay dead. I mean, you can go. I've served in Muslim countries before. And, I mean, you can go to Mecca and you can find the tomb of Muhammad. And like, you'll find his bones in there. You know, you can go anywhere and find their God or whatever. But, I mean, that's what separates Christianity is Jesus didn't stay dead. And that's the whole that's the whole point. Right. He didn't say that he rose from the grave. And so that's what we tell them. And then people that, that come to know Jesus and ask him um, to be Lord of their life, our pastors disciple them and shepherd them. So it's not just like a bunch of white people that go over and try to make themselves feel good. Um, Cause I've seen organizations like that. And that's, that's not the point. That's not what, that's not what the Bible calls us to do. And so we go over there and our pastors come in and they help disciple and make sure like those people. Yeah. Cause they got to inherit. The, it's a lifestyle change. They right. got to inherit a whole new. And it's really neat to see like, there's, there's so many different people that um, have had like one of, one of our guys, he was, so there's, dang it. I wish I should have texted Shane. They're called like the way of the cross, something like that. It's weird. It's sometimes like a weird, almost like a cult type thing. And you'll see them over there and they're, They'll have like a white hat on with this big old red cross, like right, like big old red cross. Like a crusader type Yeah, and, and like it almost looks like the red cross, like you think it's like a red cross people, but it's not. It's called the way of the cross, I think is what it's called. But they're very um, like a threatening denomination type thing and bullish, like more you have pers- to give me money, pers- you know, type thing. And it's like, the, and that's not mm. it. But that's super common over there, and so. Oh uh, yeah, they're trying to take advantage take of what yeah. little these people already have. Yeah, it's and it's just crazy. And we build houses. Um, it costs like it costs five hundred dollars for us to build a house, and we actually like we have a guy over there whose name is Boaz, and that's like, what his that's, name is Boaz. Boaz? Yeah, that's, like that's from legit. The Bible, right? like, yeah, like Boaz and Ruth. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And that's what he does. And so, like, we don't just like go over there. He's a home builder. Yeah, he like okay. what we would consider like a contractor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um. He has the guys that work for him. They're called fundies, and uh, that's that's what they're called. That's what fundies, like F U N D I, fundies. Fundies, or they're S- just workers. F-U-N-D-I-S. They're yeah. hands. But like, yeah, yeah but they build hands. they build houses, and so they, it's like every foot and a half, maybe two feet, they dig a hole that's two feet deep, and they do this all the way around, and then they put the the sticks, and it's just like tree, tree branches that are. In these trenches that they yeah, got? and then so they, the footings they're just filling with tree branches. Yeah, and then they um, they don't have concrete, right? And so they use like a mud, a mud. Yeah, a they mud. use mud, yeah. and they'll bring if they're close to a river, you'll see like this particular one particular house that we're at was our second day there. Um, he rented donkeys from a neighbor. He rented these donkeys from a neighbor, <laughs> okay. and they have these like hey, do what you got to do. They have like these ten gallon, <laughs> these ten gallon <laughs> jugs tied together, and they use these donkeys. And they went down to the river, filled up, filled them up with water, and walked back. And they just dump it on the ground, and they cultivate their their dirt. They just dig it up like with shovels, and then they use their feet just yeah. to to mix to it. Mix it, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, so they're heavy in the clays, yeah. The right. clay soils, so you get it wet. It's you like can sturdy, mallet, yeah, and it'll harden up. Especially and you put a, heat to it while it's wet. Right. And it's a process. Like a so, so they build the frame of the house going vertically, and then they nail other smaller ones horizontally, 
on both sides of the vertical poles and they stuff the walls with the mud and they let it and that's like a it's almost like a three or four week process because the they have to put a layer in let it bake put a layer in let it bake yeah so you said that they can build a house for five hundred dollars yeah and it sounds like they're just using resources that they have that they have locally what does the five hundred dollars go to? Is that like to pay your hands? You're paying the fundi- the fundies. The fundies. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you're just it's to pay the hands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe so, yeah. So like, I got a plan for our new house. It's a, <laughs> our dream house. <laughs> one room, one bedroom. One, uh, one room, yeah, one giant room. Which is just one Size big studio. room. Super cheap, <laughs> super affordable. Um, and then like it for five seventy five, you they, they get, get a house. No. Oh. They get a house, but they get a mattress. And which may that may seem super. What's like, the mattress made of? It's a mattress. There's like there's like a big mattress company. Like fe- oh okay, fe- it's like a legit stuff. It's like a no. It's I don't I forgot what they they were really hard. We had them in our house. Well, I figure they use like hemp or some sort of something they grow. Something that would be that local. They bundle I don't even up. Do they grow cotton? They could bundle up and stuff. Make it close, you yeah. know, um, but mattress and a blanket, and they get a Bible in their in their native, in their native language. So for five seventy five, they get all of that, and that's. The five hundred dollars is going to build because it, it, he may have like eight or nine hands building a house, and they can have a house built in just like a couple of days. Okay. Like, and they'll put the frame when they put the frame up. Like they'll. Oh, I have, we had a video of it earlier. We were looking at they legit like they hammer it and they pick it up and they walk it and they just raise it up and put it on and then Boaz is up there like a monkey just. Going from limb to limb, just ha- just hammering, hammering him down like near oh, okay. with nail, like a hammer and a nail, and he uses a string, just like a rope, as a plumb line. Mm-hmm. And that's like old everything, stuff. I still yeah. do that with setting. But like, but that's what yeah. like that's like that's their normal everyday. That's their normal everyday. Life. Yeah, life. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And but it works. It yeah. does. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, and like, and that's just what like that's how they live. That's normal. Um, about the what? Oh yeah. So there was yeah. So in we drove to McGee, drove to Magina one day, and it seemed like it took us an hour or two to get there. It, it was so far, and um on roads horrible roads like, and apparently this, these were good roads, and they were horrible <laughs> roads. Super hard. No, I'm not even kidding. Like supposedly these were like such an improved brand road. New roads, brand and, new. But they like even though they were like rock and dirt they still had the speed humps so like you still had to go over the speed humps and if you can't get over the speed hump we had to drive off the road to go around the speed hump and i can't tell you how many times our van drug and i would look at shane i'm like we're just gonna bottom out like the bottom yeah. of the van is just it's, it's just gonna open like seriously like it's just gonna and, you know, like, and it you know never how you did fix that right you, everyone has to get out and then let the van no, raise. And we weren't even and a full van. We weren't even a van. It was. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need to take Gladys. And I'm just like. Cheap. And yeah. the thing is, like, any, yeah, American vehicle, any American vehicle would have died. There's no way. There's no American vehicles that can handle that. I feel but, like, like dragging bottom like that all the time. There's no way. Oh, yeah, no way. And ours, they like, must have a plate underneath it. Was, it. it was something. Yeah, have a skid plate. There was a yeah. couple of times he would actually, like, after we had already drugged, he would get out and look. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to walk five hours back home. But no, I mean we never we never did. This is where we have heat stroke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For and reals. they made me throw my ice away, motherfuckers. I was thinking going on my ice. I was so upset about the ice the whole trip. But no, we we drove to Magina and um we had we got there and Boaz and his fundies were there and they had actually they were the old house was still standing and they had built they had already built the frame of the new house around the old house um that 
that's exactly that's the only way I know how to describe it. So they just right. made it. They had made the frame. They had they were. It was going to be a little bit bigger house is what it was. And so when they built the frame, they tore down the old house and brought the water in to re-wet that mud. And they were just using the mud from the previous house to fill the walls. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, so they recycled yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Wow. And there's a huge rat. So one of my teammates, <laughs> love him to death. Shout out to Chris Ray. I love him. No, Chris was, uh, he was in there and he was knocking down one of the walls. I wasn't there when this happened, but they got this on video and it was the best. Best video so, ever. Chris, and like the mounds are huge. Hey, things. so I, I want to interrupt yeah. real quick. Just, just throw it out there. So, I don't know these people that you're talking about, mm -hmm. but anything that you feel is okay to, to post and stuff yeah. like that, especially a cool video that you, uh, yeah. there's only, there's only There's only one name I'm not allowed to say. Okay, so... Chris is not it. Okay, so definitely, please, like, go sh put that stuff on our Facebook page so people can watch these videos okay. and see pictures of places you joined. Sure. Go ahead and tell this awesome mouth. No, story. anyhow... Um, so Chris is knocking down this wall and there's already like piles like legit this high of of the mud. And all of a sudden you hear you hear Chris. Oh my gosh, there's a rat like the size of a cat, y'all. It was a huge nah. rat. And that's not a that's not a that's a that was a dragon. Like Chris Chris hurdles these piles of mud to get away from this rat. It was. Was it still alive? Yes, it was in the walls. Yeah, it was like oh it was like a legit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was legit. And he was he like, his own he was like its teeth were the size of Africa. It was so funny. He was so scared. Yeah. Um, I never saw any rats. Like, yeah, Chris isn't. I'm, like big, yeah, like he's me. He's tall. Or just tall. He, he's tall. And okay, so he's not big. That adrenaline had him leaping some buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. And then it was in Magina that we met. We actually met another kid that had um, spina bifida, and his name is Frank. And so um, he has an appointment. He actually has an appointment Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. And um, we're going to try to get him set up to be able to go to have surgery in, um, so in a different you, part of Kenya. Yeah, so I guess they go to the big, bigger cities, huh, that, that are more advanced and stuff like that? And that, that's, that's a colorful term yeah like there is no like advanced so advanced for them right. well for right like not american so, like, yeah. advanced but yeah he'll go they're I still think, doing shit from the 70s that we haven't done um maybe i guess he'll go I, his appointments there it, it was like in a harrow Kissimmee area and then i don't even remember what part samaritan's purse has their their big hospital in but if we can get everything like funding everything done we'll send him there and but really, like, we have to know because he's he looks like he was two or three, and we don't know if anything can even be done, right? At that point, right? Um, just... But it was really neat because it was one of my teammates that um, it was two of my teammates that that found him, and over there it's very oh, wow. culturally normal for the dads to not be like loving and doting on their children and stuff like that, and his dad was smitten by this kid. And he wasn't scared. He wasn't scared to display that emotion, which is a big thing. Um, and so we'll have an update on that come Tuesday. We'll be able to see how what we're gonna do from there. But one of my teammates, just going back to the medical thing. So that Sunday we had the four-hour church service. One of my teammates um, got bit by a spider, and like she looked, she knew she got bit. She looked down, and the spider's crawling away. You didn't know so what this it was? was on no. So this was on Sunday, right? 
Yeah, yeah, this was on Sunday that this happened. Yeah, I, so, I had just arrived. Yeah, so her foot swelled up. Well, she's in school here in the States to be a midwife. And um, she's super kind, super caring, loves Jesus. And um, she's been going to Kenya since she was like 12. And she's 21 now. So she's been going a long time. Okay. Has a lot of lasting relationships over there and stuff. And so when one of the pastors knew that she was coming, he talked to his nephew, who's also a midwife. And they went through like the legal channels to make sure Lexi could go to this uh, to this hospital where they had a maternity ward. Okay. And so, like, so she can get some experience yeah, kind of deal? Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a long story. So brace yourself. Anyhow, so she got bit. She got bit by a spider. So, and it swells. Monday night. So Lexi spent all day Monday at the maternity ward. And um, we'll come back to that. So Monday night, her foot's big swollen. So, and she's running a fever. And so I text, I text one of my friends back here. And uh, he's a pharmacist. And I said, hey, here's what we got going. This teammate has allergies. Tell me what to give her. And so he gave me, he told me what to give her. So the next morning it was even more swollen and she was still running a fever. It didn't work. And yeah, it didn't work. And so I texted uh, my doctor here and another doctor here. I texted two doctors and it was like 12 a.m. local time here. I was like, I don't care which one of you get this message first. I need you to reply. And I'm in Kenya. I'm in Kenya. You need to give me options. Don't give me an option. You need to give me options of what medications I can try to find. And so my doctor got back with me a few hours later, told us what medication to get. Um, and over there, like, you can just, like, walk into pharmacy. It's like being in Mexico. You can just walk yep. into a pharmacy. And Tell say, them hey, what you want. I need XYZ, and they give you XYZ. I've never been to Mexico. And so, you got to know, <laughs> you know what you want. You got to know what you want. Yeah, you got to know what you want. It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want, yeah. You can't and, go in with symptoms and get, they'll give you something. You got to tell them what you want. Yeah. Right. You and so have to be the doctor. One of our guys, one of our uh, local friends, it was our, our midwife. He went and grabbed, he went and grabbed the, the meds for us and came back and she's doing a lot better now. That's um, good. Anyhow, so really same, same girl was at the maternity ward on Sunday and um, came back and um, she'd witnessed some pretty horrific things there. Um, the story you told yeah, me the other day. Yeah. Do you want me to tell the story or not? No, go 100%. You're already not too late. No, it's, it's, we've already started. We're, we're, I want to hear it now. I want to hear it now. Horrible, man. And, uh, so you experienced this. This was all like day two, day yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, on go this team. And this was, this was only her. So when she went out Monday, Tuesday, she was at the hospital and the rest of the team was out doing other stuff. Okay. Y'all were working. Um, yeah. And, uh, so she told us some of the things that she, that she saw. Like there's no sanitation, like there's no autoclave that um, sanitizes right yeah instruments like at all they just um, wash them water uh, and not even the house and she said like they, she's she would see them do episiotomies with rusted scissors oh, shit. Um, when they would bag a baby like if they had to do cpr and like bag it the mass that goes over the baby would be dirty from the previous baby um that they used if um if a woman was bleeding and they had to pack the the birth canal they would just pack it with loose cotton, not gauze, but like fibrous cotton. That comes apart. Yeah, it comes apart. Especially when it comes right. right. And yeah. you're like, you're going to get an infection, you know? And like, and she would ask them, she'd be like, well, why are you doing this? Like this, like this that's isn't right, you yeah, know? Not... And their answer was always, oh, this is just how we do it. How we do it. It's easier this way or it's not our problem. Like very. The hospitals would tell that to yeah. that, that's what they were. That's what they were telling my teammate. And so when me and my teammate, we were talking later that night, I told her, I said, you know, some of the things that you saw 
I think as a human, you have to completely cut yourself. Like you have to be able to detach yourself right, to be able to live because there's no way you can see some of the things that you see like on the daily over there. Put some water for you. On the daily over there. and um, They got well water. They got that good stuff. And uh, it's not that be able to water. function. She said there was a lady that uh, she, had been, she was in active labor. She had been transferred four different times. And it's not like a hospital here causes, calls another hospital and they send an ambulance and go get them. Like, you kind of got to find your own way. Right. Yeah. Go. And, yeah. Um, we can't help you. You need to find another yeah. spot. And active labor. And, it, and she uh, she gave birth on her way on a boda, on a like a small motorbike. Yeah. And um, the baby dropped on the ground and died. Oh, shit. And, like, and that's just, and, like, my teammate was at the hospital when that mom arrived. And there's no, it's, again, I think when you see that kind of stuff on the daily, like, as a human, you just kind of detach your emotions from that to be able to, to help cope, I think is, um, so that was on Monday. Tuesday, she had a much better day. She, uh, she was able to catch her first baby, which is super cool. Right. And, um, so Wednesday, so Tuesday was her last day there at the maternity ward. Wednesday morning, we load up and we were going to a ministry site. Well, we pull into that hospital and, um, one of our pastors, he said only, only the adult women that are moms can come in, which was me and two other moms. And then my teammate, because she's She's going to school to be a midwife. Yeah, right. And so there's no amount of. Preparing yourself mentally and emotionally for the things that you encounter in a place like that. And so we walked in. We we're walking outside down this sidewalk. And we turn, hang a left and go into um, their maternity ward is what we would call it here. Um, and the smell is horrific. Like there, I, I can't even adequately, adequately describe to you what it smelled like. And over there, like when you're in labor, they just have a laboring room. Where if you're an active labor, all of your moms, you just hang out and labor together. Like you're just there. Oh, wow. Laboring No privacy, together. no yeah, nothing. No, it's nothing. just. Like you're, you're in labor, so, yeah. around, so am I. We're going to hang out together. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll yeah. go through this together. Yeah. Team and, um, team effort at that point. Yeah. And she was like, you can go in there. And I'm like, uh, no. Huh. I'm going to join <laughs> that team. I'm like, I'm just going to stick my head in and look. And that's what I just like stuck my head in and. And looked, and uh, then one of the one of the hospital staff came and got us and took us to another room. And um, the mom that Lexi had helped catch the baby, she was there, so we got to see her. And then there was another mom who had just caught, who had just had her baby. It was a little baby boy. And so over there, they like they don't have ultrasounds. They don't know what they're having until they pop it out. Right. And so um, that mom, like she hadn't even named her baby yet because she had just had him. And um, the other mom, it was a little girl that my friend caught. And they named her after my friend. So my That's friend, cool. my friend has a baby, a baby in Kenya that has her name. And um, nice. the malaria is a big thing over there. Like it's active. Like we actually, one of our pastors just a couple of months ago, he died, and he was a young guy. He got malaria and died. Like here, what? like you come home with malaria, you just go to your doctor and you'll be fine. Right, right. You'll you get, be better. You get your shot. Yeah. You get your. You get better. It's not that way over there. And so even the. The room that had, like, for the moms that had just had children, um, it's, it's, again, it's just an open room with, like, seven beds in it. Um, they have the mosquito nets. Like, they have to sleep under mosquito nets, too. Um, and so it was really neat getting to see, like, my, my teammate thought it was super cool. And it was so neat. We were all, it was just really cool to behold. Um, and then they brought in the mom who had lost the baby yeah. the, the day before. And um, 
she was completely just void of emotion. Like there was no emotion in that. And, um, there's the ability to detach from that. Right. Is, right. Man, that blows my mind. Yeah. Sometimes. And, uh, so we, we talked with a mom who'd had both moms there that had the baby and then the mom who'd lost, who'd lost her child yeah. and, um, talked, talked to them, prayed with them. So immediately following there, we loaded back up and we drive like 20 minutes and hop out of the van. We were, uh, they were building a house and the fund, Boaz and his fundies were already there. And, um, some of our teams went door to door to go, to go talk to people. And, um, one of the pastors, he said, okay, I need the, the moms again. And I'm like, last time you said this was not a guy. <laughs> I'm like, can I not be a mom at this moment? Um, so the four of us loaded up again and my, my coworker went with us cause she's like, she's in school for mid to be a midwife, but she's also a, uh, she's a doula and she's specifically a grief doula. So she knows how to handle and talk with and walk moms through the what's hip loss. A, what's a doula? Um, it's like an, a, a, an emotional support person that a, a person that supports women emotionally and mentally through their birth, through the birthing process. So there's a difference between like a doula and a midwife. She's already a doula, but she's specifically a grief doula. And so she's able to um, talk with moms and help them that have lost. Lost a child. Yeah, they've lost a child. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're in the bus. The four of us are in the van. And our pastor tells us, we're going to go see one of my church members. She was nine months pregnant last week. Um, she had a baby and he was he was gone. He had passed full term, completely full term. And so we didn't really know what to expect. And so we are driving down this road that's just super, just the super bumpy road. And we get to her house and it's more of a, they definitely have, um, they were more affluent family. They had kind of a larger property. They had some cows, they had turkeys. I didn't even know Kenya had turkeys. They, huh. had, they had turkeys and they had chickens. Um, so we, we walk in and, oh, well, um, this is food, right? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. I like, yeah. Like, like they, they, yeah, they, they sell them, for, raise it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they raised it for, so we walk into her house and, um, we're talking to her well, and come to find out that in that culture, and just remember things that are different in another culture, they're different. They're not wrong. Okay. Right. Um, no matter how backwards we may feel that way. Like Best just culturally. Yeah. Like just culturally, it's different. Well, come to find out moms, it doesn't matter if you're two weeks pregnant or if you're nine, nine months pregnant. When you lose a child, you're not allowed to grieve the loss of that child. Like straight up, you're, you're not, not allowed. Like, you're you're not, not allowed to grieve the child not, if you lose it nope. while it's be nope. while you're pregnant. Yeah. But what about after? Like, let's say the child's two. Is that a different kind I, of? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Okay. No, 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 that's a good question. I don't know the answer. Okay. To that. You can make um, one up if you want to. I don't want to make it up because I don't. It's just their culture, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, um, I wish we would have known that when we were at the hospital twenty minutes beforehand talking with the other mom which because it would have made a lot more sense why she was just completely she was trying uh, to be yeah culturally acceptable how yeah, early accepted. are they taught this i that's i know like for us it's so backwards it's so backwards for like i know i have friends that have lost that have had miscarriages i have a cousin that we were pregnant at the same time and she lost her baby and she was like six months long like, we had to have a funeral. Like, this is the right, loss yeah. of life. Like, yeah, right. Yes. Right. Even right. animals, like, right. grieve. Like, I right. see it. Yeah. So, we were, at, we were at this lady's house, and we were talking to her, and um, it was a heavy conversation. There's heavy, it was probably the heaviest conversation I've ever had. And um, as we were talking to her, we talked to her, and she was a Christian, not by 
association. She was actually like a Christian. She knew Jesus, Lord and Savior type thing. And um, so I had my Bible. My other teammates had their Bibles. And so she asked if she could go and get her. So she grabbed hers and came back in there. And we were walking through some scripture with her over grieving. We're in Ecclesiastes, how there's a time for everything under the sun, time for mourning, a time for laughing. Um, we read in... Um, That's one of my favorites. I don't remember. Corinthians. I read in Isaiah, which is really funny, because this is a funny story. I'm going to come back. Remind me to come back to Isaiah in the verse I read. Okay. okay. Um, but we talked to her about how even Jesus wept. Like, his, mm-hmm. his Lazarus died, Jesus wept. Um, in Psalms, it talks about how like, God knit us together in our mother's womb. He know, who, who knew us intimately while we were in our mother's wombs. He knows the number of hairs on our head. And, um, my, uh, my, my co-leader, her name, or my leader, her name is Lisa. Lisa asked her, she said, um, what did you name your son? And she said she wasn't even allowed to name him. Not only was she not allowed to name him, she never even got to see him. So she wow, that's fucking full, that's full term had the baby. Um, she called, I, I think she had called the pastor and um, he called someone from the church. The one from the church came and, and got like, took the baby back to her property, dug the hole and buried, buried him. Yeah, buried him. Yeah. And so the mom wasn't able like, and to, again, that, that's just their culturally normal thing because a lot of times they don't know. Like if you're not taught that life is sacred, even from conception, like that life is sacred. If you're not taught just certain things, um, like that just becomes culturally normal for you. And so as we were sitting there talking with her and um, Lisa asked her, she said, well, what were you going to name your son? And she told us, she said, well, I was, was going to name him Prince. And so from that moment on, whenever we were talking, we acknowledged that and that it wasn't just her baby. It was Prince. Like that was his name. And, um, to sit there and behold a mom grieve for the first time for the loss of her child. Um, it was one of the most sobering moments of my life. And it was a very humbling thing to experience because she's, we're complete total strangers to her. And the only thing that we had in common, and it was the only thing that mattered was Jesus. And for her to sit there and know, like, and be reminded of the scriptures that, I mean, life is holy, life is sacred. And right. Jesus wept, you know, even Jesus wept for the loss of his friend. And she sat yeah, there and he shares in the pain. And shares yeah. In everything. And she sat there and grieved the loss of her child for the first time. And to sit there as, as moms, the th- three of us were moms. And then, um, my, my teammate was there and to just to have to, I can't even tell you the, the depth of, um, I don't even know the word to adequately express, like the privilege and honor to sit there and partake in that. Right. I mean, and to be able to like, yeah. And to be able to sit there and grieve, like we were, I'm telling you, like we were all crying in that room because it was a life, you know, a life that was lost. And, um, so we were able to pray with her and, um, encourage her in that. And then it, and then towards the end of the trip. So that was on Wednesday. I texted Gareth. We loaded up in the van and I grabbed my phone. I texted Gareth. I said, I just need you to know, this has been the most mentally and emotionally hardest day of any ministry I've ever had. But that's your in my whole life. Hurt to do that and actually grieve. Right. Like, that's gonna right. stand through time. Right. Like, and that, and for right. her, she's gonna. Yeah, be, and it's just one of those. Like, that's and that's what we, Right. And that's what we talked about later in the trip. Was like that's bad. It's just a little ripple effect, but a ripple has lasting effects. That's right. And so even towards the end of the trip, towards the end of the trip, 
my um my teammate that's the in midwifery school she sat down with with our four our four or five pastors and had like a little mini session on like how to help grieving moms and how to minister to them in that and so even though we beheld some super heavy heartache like to be able to for my teammates to be able to go and talk to the pastors and say hey here's how you can help grieving moms it's a huge it was a huge thing it was a huge huge thing um but back to that verse so that verse i read in isaiah so this particular day well and hang on let me back up so i texted gareth i was like this is the most mentally and emotionally hardest day of any ministry i've ever had and it's only 12 30 that was my it's only 12 30 in the afternoon like we still have another like six hours to go i don't know how much more i can handle but uh so we were driving back to the house where that we were we were helping build and i was doing the house dedication that day so when we build a house we dedicate it like we'll read read some scripture encourage the family whatever and the recipients sometimes they would be um widows sometimes just they lost their house like in like in a flood, like if they get a lot of rain, like the houses are gonna fall down. Like, yeah, right. Right. yeah, yeah, they're gonna fall apart. The mud. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so this particular day, I knew I was gonna be. I was doing the house dedication, and I had going to fix my microphone. Sorry. And uh, so the night before, I knew it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was gonna be doing the house dedication, and so I was going to read Isaiah. We we grab my phone. It was Isaiah. Garrett's going to grab my phone. Hang on. 43. Look up Isaiah 43 real quick. And um, this is. No prep. No prep, yeah, guys. No prep. No prep. That's me every week. Like, I know, <laughs> I know, I know what it says, but, but I, need to, like, I need to read the whole thing. So y'all will be like, April. You can Google search it. You don't have to pull it up on the app. Ready? Ready? Hurry. All right. What, Isaiah 43. What app do you use? I think mine's like. I don't know what app he uses. I use the. I have an actual Bible. Bible. The Bible app. Is that what it's called? Isaiah forty-three. Mine's called like Bible Hub or something. Okay, are you ready? So Isaiah forty-three two. This is what I was going to read at the uh, house dedication. It says, "When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not over uh, overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be uh, burned." And the flame shall not consume you. Okay, so that's what I was going to read at the house dedication. I ended up actually reading that um, to the to the mom who lost her baby. So we were in the van. I got to come up with something new. No, no. Are you, I was still going to I was still going to read that. So I'm like, hey, what's the story behind the recipients getting the house? Their house burned down. Oh shit! <laughs> that's probably not going to work out. It's not going to work out. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> you know, first, I'm not reading. I'm not reading Isaiah 43." But it was super funny because even though like that was the verse I was going to read, like I still like God was faithful in that, and I was able to use that to to encourage the mom that had, that had lost her child because I and I actually I have a note. I have several notes on that page in my Bible now because of that trip. Um, but there was even a time, there was a time in life, um, going through a season of grief that few people knew about. And when you, when you have grief and, but especially when you have to grieve alone, it's totally different. Right. And being able, even though my, my, the reason for my grief was different. Grief is grief and grief can be heavy and, and so hard and it can be so lonely, but especially in a culture like that, where, you have no choice right, when you're right, a woman. Right, like, yeah, like you have no choice. Like you have to 
just go about it in silence. Um, but to be able to encourage her in that and be like, hey, you know, in my season of grief, even though I felt isolated, I felt alone and nobody knew about it or very few people knew about it. Like God is faithful in the fact that like I was not consumed. And even though the floodwaters came because grief and I told her, I said grief is heavy. Grief can be like a wave and a wave that just comes out of nowhere and it can knock you off your feet and drag you under and you don't know which way is up. Well, the easiest way to, to when that happens, like if you're in the ocean, you need to swim with that and not against it. So you don't make yourself tired. And so when you're swimming with it, you'll eventually find your footing and you'll be able to stand up and go on. And the Lord is so faithful in, in the grieving process. And, and I've witnessed that firsthand and to be able to relay that to a mom who is going through a super heavy season of grief. I don't think um, I've ever heard it put that way. That's right. Story. It's Thank pretty you. good, right? And um, You're welcome. I invited her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was a hard lesson to learn. Grief is such a hard thing to, to walk through. Um, but uh, but it's necessary. It is. It is so necessary. Yeah. And right. to be able to to help another parent understand that, you know, because it's part of healing. Like you got to to heal. You got to grieve. That's right. Know? Well, there's me. They shut it down. Right. Yeah. Um, you have but we don't do know that. how far like that little that one little ripple. Who knows how oh, far that's that'll what I'm go? Hoping, I'm hoping yeah, right. and, that, and that's what I told her. You know, because I, I told her, I said, you know, God doesn't waste a hurt. He knows. He knows what we're going through. And I promise you, I said, at some point you're gonna know someone that goes through the exact same thing you just went through. And I said, just like the people when I was going through my season of grief and those super dark days and trials, I said the people that knew were the people that continually pointed me to Jesus. I said, and now that you've been through this and we've, you know, showed you biblically, you know, grief and how it's okay to grieve. I said, when you encounter those people now, you'll also be able to point them through to that because the Lord doesn't waste our hurts. Like we don't just go through trials for no reason, you know. Right. Um, so I went to the house dedication, did not read Isaiah 43 because their child had mm. actually, it was like the little two-year-old had actually accidentally burned it down. Oh, um, damn. Like literally the week before. And so we got there and I read Deuteronomy 6 and um, Matthew 5 is what I read. I'm talking about how the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, talk about talk about the Lord from when you rise and when you stand and um, talk about them to your children. And then in Isaiah talking about how um, like you don't light a light and put it under a bush type thing so people can't see it. Like a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And just encourage them in parenting because parenting would be hard. I think if my child burned my house down. I think I'd have one less child. Um, but just encouraging them like in, in parenting, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. in discipling and like that. And by yeah, example, right? Yeah. Like, right. By example. Yeah. Kind of deal. And, um, yes. so that, I mean, that's, those are the kinds of things that, that we did on like day in and day out, literally from sunup to sundown. How long were you there again? We were there. It was, it was an 11 day trip. So eight days in country. Yeah. Eight days in okay. country. Jet lag and all. We didn't yeah, have we yeah. didn't have jet lag and all. There was no time to recover from the jet yeah, lag. Yeah. It was get there and get to work. Man, get up and get to work. I tell people about Jesus, God is holy. Man is simple. Jesus is the answer, and and our response to that. And so it was it was pretty cool. I'm really thankful that, that I got awesome. to go. Were there any other stories that are worth telling? There was uh, not to interrupt your stories, but uh, Gareth had mentioned that this was this is your first trip in a long time, right? Like, it, was, it was. It was my first. Dude, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna buy y'all a new cord. We, we don't touch them, so... We yeah, we normally don't, don't touch them. Well, it's because I'm so short, and I'm... 
We yes, it was, it was my, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was my first trip in 15 years. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we were engaged. We got engaged in June, and like five days later, I was in Egypt. He was in Peru, and that was my last trip. Yeah. That's when he told me to eat iguanas when he went to Peru. That's gross. What was it? No, guinea pigs. Guinea pigs. Oh, yeah, it was guinea pigs. Yeah. Yeah, you eat guinea pigs, yeah. Okay. We, did, we didn't eat anything weird. Well, no. If, if it's oh, the chicken story. Oh, okay. What's happened to the chickens? Okay, so <laughs> I just came. Disclaimer: I'm not entirely for sure if what I'm about to say is accurate, but it's close if it, enough. If it wasn't chicken, they just called it meat. So I'm not really for huh. sure. I like that. <laughs> I'm not really for sure what all we ate over there. It's, it's like meat. Like it was, it was meat. Yeah, yeah. and like and they are so. It's like going to the Chinese restaurant. Seriously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know what you're going to. The cat out back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they're super hospitable. So anywhere we went, they were always feeding us. And they, so yeah, it they, would be, and it didn't, y'all, it didn't matter the time of day, or like if it was like 20 minutes from the time we previously ate, like, we still ate. Nice. And so they'd be like, "Oh, come in for a small bite," and that's what they would say. Like, and they would hold their hand, like their two fingers, like in your a small bite, and you'd walk in and be like Thanksgiving feast on the table, uh, just like, uh, "Oh my uh, gosh!" But it was always the same thing: the, the staples of beans and rice, um, japati, which would be kind of like their flatbread. Um, kind of like a tortilla. It just okay. reminded me of a tortilla, kind of a dense tortilla. Mm-hmm. Um, ungali, which was it's like a just a mixed up cornmeal, is all it was. Like straight up mixed up. A cornbread. Cornmeal. They don't cook you... it. They just like mix it up. Huh. And oh. serve, and it's so thick. Ooh. Yeah, and Ooh. like for real, like one day, one day she, this lady we were at their house, and she legit came in. It was in a five gallon bucket. I'm not even kidding. And she set it down right by me, and I'm like, that's not what I'm eating. No, thank you. That's not what I'm eating. That's for you. Flatbread. Flatbread's pretty. But at our facility, we had a lady that would cook for us every day. She had a team. There's like six of them, and they would cook. And we don't have, like, stoves and stuff. Like, they legit cooked over a fire, like, like. Go out back. Did they keep this fire going all day? No, oh, huh. they they started. Yeah, it okay. they would start and stop it. Yeah, and uh, her name was Nancy. She took such such good care of us. And uh, I walked in one day, and they had just got done. They no, they were butchering the chicken, like right there, butchering the chicken in the kitchen. Um, like That's it's awesome. Intestines, heart, kidneys, like they're just pulling them all out, like right there in the kitchen. And uh, I sat there and I talked to him for a little bit, and then the next day. Because she told me, she's like, before you leave, I'll show you how we really do it. And I was like, no. I just became friends with the cook. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want in your corner. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, the, the cook yeah, yeah. corner. And so the next morning, I'd gotten up and gotten dressed. And um, I was in my room, and I walked out, and they're like, April. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what? She's like, hurry and come here. Nancy's looking for you. I was like, okay. So I went out there, and they legit had just killed this chicken. Like, feathers were still on it and everything. And it's, it's nice. in this bucket. It's in this blue bucket. And they come over with this huge pot of boiling water, and they uh, dump it on this chicken. And she she told me she's like, and I have a video of this. She's like, it has to be boiling water. Really? I'm like, okay. And so they pour this boiling water over, it, and the feathers oh, yeah. just come off like you're like cutting it's butter. Beautiful. I mean, just like right, really, like legit. Well, remember yeah. we did it when we were getting that pig the hot water oh yeah that helps, yeah same, same, same concept. concept yeah so i don't know okay. if it's like if it like expands the like the yep. follicles and so like they can just opens it up right yeah. off yeah easy money okay that's just awesome that they do that pull off right there in the kitchen yeah, like right, 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 out yeah. the, right out the back door i'm not even kidding that's awesome and um i'm trying to think of anything else 
the Nancy was she she took really good care of us. So you had mentioned something about the pot. You had a story about the pot, or oh yeah, that that pot. Yeah. So on this particular day, this is like our second day ministry. It may have been our first. It all runs together. I think it was our first. I think it was on Monday. We uh, were building a house. Zach, take a picture. I'll take another one. (laughs) We had a. We got to this area to to build a house. So they had already built the holes or built the dug the holes, had part of the frame up and everything. Some of our team went out door to door visiting with people about Jesus. And um, Lisa, it was either Lisa or Sarah. They look at me and they go, "Why don't you go talk to the women over there?" And I'm like, "Really? I, don't bring I, me into this." I was not adequately like <laughs> I was prepared, but I was just super nervous. Um, because there, there's like 15 women and they're just sitting outside their hut and they have heads of cabbage. They're like legit the size of basketballs, like huge heads of cabbage. Huge, it's a big huge. ass piece of cabbage. I'm not even kidding. And she's just holding it. I'm going to, I'm going to use your knife right here. Okay. Like probably legit a knife about the size and just carrying on conversation doing this. Huh. Like, talking. I'm just... not even, and it looked like this cabbage had been put through a machine to be cut. It was that finely cut and evenly cut. Nice. They're just sitting there. I'm like, yeah. what on earth? It was crazy. It was so cool to watch. Anyhow, but sorry. Um, so I talked to I talked to these women for a few minutes and shared shared some scripture with them about the importance of, like in Matthew 28, Jesus calls us to go and make disciples of all nations, and like, our first disciples are our children. Like that's what we're called to do as parents. And so right. talk to them about that a little bit, and then uh, you can't lead a church until you lead your household. Yeah. And she goes, hey, why don't you go and pray for that house? And I'm like, stop calling on me to do stuff just because I'm standing here. I was really nervous. Lisa's going to listen to this and be like, April. Anyhow. And so I walked to I walked to this lady's house. Her name was Rose. And uh, we were talking. And she was wife number two. Uh, wife number one had died. And she had four okay. kids. So Oh, shit. Yeah. So Rose and her husband, John, now had eight kids they were raising. And just like a small... Like easily like a fourth, a quarter of this building. So why like, two inherited four kids and then had and four then of had, her own? Yeah, right. and then had four yeah. more. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, this is a poor country. Why they got so many kids? Yeah. That's why they need workers. Yeah, well, and hands. What did you call the hands? Fundies. 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 Need your own fundies. 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 Okay. Fundies. Uh, so My bad. I, I sat there and we we talked for a few minutes. I prayed with her and. She said, I have a, I have a gift for you. And I'm like, what? So she goes to her room and like, they don't have doors that separate the one bedroom. It's just like a curtain. And she walks back with this pot and this was day one. And she hands me this huge pot. And my only thing is like, how am I supposed to get back to the United States? With some so breakable. Yeah. With some so breakable. I'm not even kidding. And, um, but no, she gave me, she gave me this. Will you grab the pot? I'm connected to the porch mirror. She gave me this pot, um, and that's not just like a gift. That's a sacrificial gift. You know, it's not like she went and grabbed me a cold bottle of water and brought it out to me. No, right. this is a super sacrificial seriously. gift. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so she gave me this pot, and she said, uh, "It's something that you put flowers in." So I guess this is like would be equivalent to our vase, and it's it's a clay. Flower pot. Yeah, it's a clay pot. Yeah. And um, oh, I'd put something. She was she was so proud of it, and so willing to give it like i just i couldn't believe she gave me this so i didn't buy myself anything in kenya i came back with a gift and i wrapped that sucker in okay we had some shrooms we can yeah we so we had to wear wear skirts 
Are you serious? My whole team knows my dislike of skirts after this trip. Is that? I hated them culturally. That, that's just what we had. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Culture, yeah. And um, I passionately hate skirts. If Brent listens to this, my friend Brent Higgins can attest to my dislike for skirts. Um, <laughs> I just hate them. He he was in Morocco with me, and oh, they would give me the hardest time all summer. I put your skirt down because I would like hike it up to be walking like this. I'd like be walking. I hated it. You know. But over there, I could actually like tuck my skirt into my short leg to my shorts and walked around just fine. Like my legs ah. could breathe. Anyhow. Um, I wasn't going to bring any of my clothes back. I brought back every article of clothing because I wrapped it all around the pot. Uh, that was no I, seriously, break. I had clothing, yeah, yeah. I had clothing in the pot. I had shirts wrapped around it. I had it inside of shorts. I had my skirts all wrapped around it. And then I had all of it rubber banded to it. So how's customs coming back? With I mean, it's not like we did anything illegal. Or but they don't, they illegal don't like go through your bags or anything? No, coming. So coming in, we had, so there was 22 of us and we had... We had a lot of bags, but we brought over a ton of stuff. Um, uh, we found, uh, Chris had found a whole bunch of shoes on clearance at Academy, like super, super cheap. And I can't tell you how many dozens of shoes we took over there. And we thought it was going to be that because like, though, I mean, it's just a super corrupt government, you know? And, um, so we made it all the way through customs, no issues except one bag. And it was the one that had our speaker in it. And it wasn't even like a massive speaker. Um, maybe like a foot and a half square. And it had our mic to it. So if we were at a school talking to kids or whatever, they could hear us. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, uh, they, yeah they, they wanted to charge us a tax on that. And it was ridiculous. though you brought it? Right. Yeah. How and, bad was um, the tax? It was ridiculous. Chris got him down to 150 American dollars. Like See, he, it's he negotiable. Legit, yeah. Shit. That's yeah. How, that's like going to Mexico. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just the federalities get you. You just what, yeah. what's it going to cost me to get yeah. out of this? Right. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 that's exactly what it is. Yeah, like what's it going to cost to get me out of this? Um, but we used we used that speaker quite a bit, so that was something we exactly. had to have. It's not something we could just like oh, forget this. You know, like we had to have it. Um, well, I feel like they needed that too. Yeah, but I mean, but we didn't have like coming back or going like besides that there wasn't any like wasn't did, a whole a whole lot of just some yeah, yeah. Little yeah small deal yeah yeah that's good just boss stuff are there no stories that it's nice when the trips are always copacetic they're nice for the most part yeah yeah, yeah. what'd you say easily navigable but y'all got any questions anything y'all might want to know about or i would purposely no i like the positive impact that they're having yeah. you know, and the right. way they're approaching it i would purposely not drink water the whole trip Chris is probably going to get really mad when he hears this. I would not drink water once we left the facility because I didn't want to have to use the toilet if we, we were out of the about. toilet. It was a hole in the ground. They call him a cho. So that was the opposite of what I was taught, over, like in other countries, was hydrate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, what, like, you've been to like, the desert to drink. Like, I would drink. I was okay, not so I would do drink, that. But I would sweat it all out because I, like, I sweated from every pore in my body. I sweat and oh, it was horrible. But um. I just, I didn't want to have to use the cho because you just like, you have to squat and pee. And I did that one day and I peed all over my leg into my shoe. Ha, you are not a country not girl. You are like, not a country girl. girl. That was, so that was the day, that was the day before we left country. And, um, it was our, we had like a, a couple of hours. Had to try it. Had to so try it. Like, no, I had to go pee so bad. We were so. at the, their zoo. They have like a free roaming zoo over there and you walk I, in. I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. So I'm, like I'm standing there. It's a I'm, petting zoo. No, it's no, not no. Every pet, zoo, I'm not no pet no zebra. Moment, every zoo's a petting zoo. No, it's not. They're not domesticated. And so <laughs> we're sitting, we're sitting there, and we're right at the gate, and I'm sitting there, 
And I was like, oh, there's a monkey. There's a monkey! And, like, this monkey comes, like, bolting down and then, like, right up the hole right next to right next to uh, Lisa and one of my oh, shit, that's awesome that's great I don't know that is awesome. I didn't you don't want to stick around to yeah, find no, out I don't, don't want to stick around to find out no and that was right on Lake Victoria so we got to see Lake Victoria while we were there um so it's like they're aggressive animals they have like caged or whatever but they're really big cages and not not oh, like okay. here it's not like um, Lion King the Jurassic yeah, no. Park style yeah, yeah. no but like their zebras just the, roam the, around the tiger king well, I mean, like, yeah, they're not domesticated you can't pet them or anything but like the zebras just walk around. So there were zebras. There was something like else that just randomly roamed around. I don't remember. This is gonna fight me. Like I'll try to pet a zebra. Right. I just want to go. Just touch it a little bit. Yeah. Just, just, just a little bit. tip. Just just a tip. Shit. Just set the tip. Yeah. With the finger point. Yeah. I think that's it. But I mean, it was just it was a really good trip. I'm super glad I got to go. Hope to go again next summer. Hope to take my oldest. It's here. a lot better than the zoo in Odessa, right? Yeah. yeah. The one way out west. Yeah. Yeah. I love that zoo. It's Wait, probably I drive, like a I drive research by it all the center. Time. Yeah, it's probably like a research center. They probably do things to those animals. Wait, there's a zoo in what? Odessa. Yeah, there is. Yeah, You've never yeah, been I've, to the zoo in Odessa. Drive by the zoo in Odessa. I've yeah. heard about this recently. Badass. I think we can make a trip. It's really sad. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I see it all the time. I work. I do a lot of work at West Odessa. So that's like a whoa whoa. That's like a way out West Odessa. Yeah. It's not just it's West Odessa. When I say the Wild West, it's the Wild West. Wild West Odessa. It really is. Way out West. Yeah. That's funny. But no. It was a good trip. I'm super glad I got to go. Um, but like, just that's the whole point of nourishing the nations is to, I mean, it's not to just nourish the people physically, but spiritually as well. You know, God is holy, man is simple. Jesus is the answer to that and what we're going to do with that information. Is Nourish the Nation a, like, is it a local organization that was started locally? Yeah, we're or is based, it more nationwide? No, they're based, they're based out of Odessa, um, but we're partnered with uh, Student Life. So we actually have five teams going next summer. Um, that are from other areas. There's a team from the Dallas area, a church there, and they go, they go as well. So this was one of the largest teams that that we've taken. It was from our church, and we had eight teenagers, and then the rest were adults. So what's 22 minus eight? So 13. I always look at 13, the smart guy. Something like that. Yeah. You know, so most, so a lot of our team were teenagers, but man, they they dove yeah. right in, and Chris and Lisa do a great job of making sure that our students are adequate, adequately equipped to do the ministry that we've been called to do. Um, and it was really cool to see that. And even our um, our pastors, our local pastors that we work with, they told us, you know, we've had teams of adults come in before, and they're not prepared to do what your teenagers did. And so to see our teenagers get in, and like one day when we were in Magina, um, some of them, it was the day they met Frank, the other kid with spina bifida. I had taken some of our students to a school um, just to interact with the, the school, because there was a school of like 300 kids. And um, to see our students just jump right in and not be scared and to talk to these kids, sing with them, dance with them, play soccer with them, play basketball with them um, and share the gospel with them. Like legit, like our teenagers just stood up there and grabbed the mic and went through the whole thing. God is holy, man is simple. Jesus is the answer and walked them through that and um, with zero hesitation. I mean, our, they do such a good job to make sure that that their teams are prepared to do what needs to be the type of ministry that. That we've been called to do. Coming back, I like I like your your, you, and you've said it multiple times, right? It, you got to say it slower though, because you're saying it really fast. Are you ready? Go God ahead. is God is holy. God is holy, and that's in Isaiah six, where it says Isaiah is, uh, he sings the Lord in the te- in heaven, and he says, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come." And then we see that again in the New Testament Revelation, and um, 
in Revelation, they're quoting the Old Testament, so they're saying that. Right. So God is holy. He's set apart. He's never sinned. He's perfect. Right. And then man is sinful. sinful. Right. And we've all sinned. We see that um, in Romans. There's several chapters, several verses in Romans. For all have sinned and fallen the glory, short of the glory of God. Um, for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal. But, but, I always say thank God for buts, but the gift of God is eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay. And then um, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And in John 14, 6, I mean, we see that himself. Jesus said, he's talking to Nicodemus at night, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but be, except through me. And then over in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, um, I just quoted that one. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And then it also talks about how um, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And there's a big difference in that. And that's something that we encountered while we were over there because there's so many different religions over there. But there's a big difference between having a religion and having a relationship. Because I can promise you the road to hell is paved with religious people. It is absolutely paved with religious people because it's okay. all, thank it's, you for saying that. It's all that 100 percent. It's okay. all it's all about a relationship. And um, so the the day that we had the four hour long church service, this is one of the stories oh, I told Jesus. you. Jesus. I know the four hour long church service. We were sitting there and they were preaching and I had my Bible and we were in um, they had referenced several different verses and I would flip to him. And there was a local man sitting next to me. And he didn't have a Bible, but he was an educated man because he was taking notes. Like he had a pen, he had a paper, okay. and he was he was taking notes. And um, he had, we were in Revelation 7, and I looked over and he had written down Revelation 14, like 1, I think, or 2. And he, um, I was like, oh, well, maybe I missed turning to that. So I turned to it so I could read it and so he could see it there in the Bible. And he was writing in English, so I knew he could read. And okay. so he like, whatever I was turning to, he was sitting there reading it as well. And he he said, right, and he was talking to me just like I'm talking to you right here while the sermon was going on. And um, he said, right here it says, he said, I've been told that only 144,000 people are going to be in heaven. Can you explain that to me? And I said, that's a that's a false teaching, and that's actually a teaching of Mormonism. Is that right? Where the Mormons teach that. And um, only 144 people. 144,000. I and, mean, um, still, like, I know, like, not that's, not a lot. Lot, that's not a lot of people. When you look at the grand scheme of things, that, that's like I have no chance if that's the number. But no, but that's but that's a false teaching, and like, and I got to tell him that, and I said, you know, that's that's not accurate, and I walked him through a couple of passages of scripture, and so it's so important one. to know, like, besides yeah, knowing right. that God is holy, man is sinful, and Jesus is the answer, and what we're gonna do with knowing that information, it's so important to know what we believe and why we believe it, and that's something that. Um, like as a teenager growing up on mission trips, I have a friend, um, he actually, so he, he was like a spiritual pillar in my life. He, I grew up, grew up going on mission trips with him and he said he was 71. I, we flew out on Wednesday. I got the, I was supposed to talk to Walker Monday. I, we'd already been texting over the weekend. He was on vacation with his family and I needed to ask him a question about a certain teaching that he had taught us that I'd heard dozens of times. I just needed it refreshed. And, um, I got a phone call Monday morning that Walker died. Oh man. And um I ran home to tell Gareth. I said, "Well, Walker's not going to call me." I said, "Walker Walker died in his sleep last night and I'm I've remained good friends with with him and his wife both and it was so neat because me and Gareth sat there and um 
he said, you need to go. He said, you need to go. You need to drive up to Tulsa to see Kathy. And I was like, man, we fly out in like 36 hours. But I, you're right. I'm not going to be here for the service. I need to drive up and see Kathy. And the irony of I didn't have to pack a bag. I was, right. fully, I was fully packed, packed for Kenya. Yeah. And I walked in my bedroom. I grabbed my Kenya bag and I hopped in my van and left. And like doing what Walker had raised me to do as a, as a teenager and to go to, to go proclaim Jesus to the nations. So that was super neat just to, to see that. Um, I don't know where I was going with that story. Why was I telling that story? I don't know. Yeah, it's all good. It just, shout, shout out to yeah, Walker Moore. Yeah, shout out. Shout out shout to Walker Moore. He's in heaven. Yeah. Oh, but that's something Walker always, he was adamant. That's where I was going with that. Um, like you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. And yeah. Walker was important in making sure that his students didn't just go and tell people about Jesus, but was able to tell them because they also had that relationship. They also you believed that you were also part of the, you yeah. were, you are a reflection of what he was. Yeah. So it was really neat. I mean, the Lord was so faithful in that. And then it was super neat because I got to watch, um, watch his service in Kenya under my mosquito net, laying on my bed. Oh, cool. Bawling like, my like eyes light, out. I was like, like uh, it was just, it was, kind of yeah, deal? well, they lied. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was super neat to, um, to see that. That's awesome. So Walker, shout out to Walker for always making sure that the things that he taught us. Anything else? Were there any other stories? No. So there was a lot of civil unrest right before we were flying back home. Uh, their sitting president, it didn't make any sense, but their sitting president was calling for like protests and such um, on Friday, which was the day we were flying out. So we're actually supposed to do some ministry uh, the first half of Friday, and then we were going to go to the airport. But our pastor said, hey, you know, you we would feel a lot better if your team was at the airport as soon as they can get to the airport. Right. And um, just to make sure. So we know that they're there. So instead of doing ministry Friday morning, we actually um, were at the we woke up. We left our compound at like 745, got to the airport about 830 ish, maybe nine. Our flight didn't leave till 630 that night. And so we just sat there and you can't check That's, in. You can't check hmm. in. You, you just, you have to sit there and they don't have air conditioning. And so we're just sitting in the hot in ass. The, yeah. in the hot airport like, playing. Some, of them, some of them took the naps. Yeah. Sometimes, but it had AC. Oh no. Big difference. Yeah, ACs make different. all the difference in the whole world. Yeah, it does. But even while we were there, like we could see the fires being started. And even on the way to the airport, like their military personnel, they were already out. They had truckloads of them. Like ready, wow. ready to offset it. So this is it. getting serious yeah. real quick. Yeah, so sounds like it. When we got to the airport, we could see the fires already starting around, and we could uh, hear the tear gas cannons being shot off. Do you know like, why they were doing this? It, I don't even know. It didn't really make any sense, but like I don't understand their their political system. Yeah, we a whole see lot some really. wild shit all the time. They yeah. just start up and like, yeah. all right. But I mean, but we were <laughs> never, still here. We were we're never doing, in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Our team, our team was never in danger. Our, in our like our pastors wanted to make sure, like we just want to know y'all are at the airport already, and they were super, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. super good in that. And we, ended up, for that. we ended up catching a flight. We we're able to get a flight. Up. There was a few hours earlier, so we weren't in the airport like twelve hours. We were in there about six, if even that. And then we flew out to the twenty-nine minute flight. The, the <laughs> drive that the drive took yeah, us like eight, eight or nine hours. hours yeah. Twenty-nine minute flight. And then we were in Nairobi for. A so long was that time. part of the reason why y'all flew out? Was the civil unrest deal? Yeah, or we, was yeah, that we pre-planned? Flew, no, we, we weren't supposed to fly out till Friday evening. 
Um, but we were able to fly out. We caught a little bit earlier flight. Okay. Of that. Okay. And then we got to Nairobi, hung out in Nairobi like six hours. And then backwards, Nairobi to Paris, eight and a half hours. Paris to Houston, ten, ten and a half hours. And then we had to change airports in Houston. So that was like seven hours Sitting before before our next be, flight. Yeah. And then got home. And there's this hot guy waiting at the airport for me with a cup of unsweet tea from Roses. It was, was the best Garrett tea I've ever had. No, one of my teammates. One there was my, a really good photo that was posted on Facebook yeah, after she returned. It was, one of my, it was one of my teammates. I was about to say one of my teammates. He, uh, his name is Shane. He was great. He, uh, he saw me and he he saw me going towards Gareth and he grabbed his phone and snapped a picture. It was oh, great. that's probably, awesome. probably one of my favorite pictures ever. And uh, Gareth just holding me and I had been like I'd built. Like, a lot of these stories that I told our, our younger teammates don't know. Like, the woman that lost her child or the grieving right. mom. Because those are just certain things. Like, even Chris and Lisa did such a great job of debriefing the team each night. Um, but those are just certain stories you don't want to tell younger. Young kids. Like, yeah, younger teenagers. teenagers. Yeah. Because uh, that's just a... And that's just a harsh reality of life. Yeah. You know, death is Hopefully just a reality. Death is just a reality of it. It is. Um, but... uh. I'd been, I'd told Lisa and Sarah. It's experienced, so it's not yeah. talked about, right? Yeah. Right. And I told, I told Lisa and Sarah, I said, I want y'all to know I'm not okay from this. I've built an emotional dam. I'm trying to keep this dam in check because I don't want to lose it on this trip. Like, I don't want to have an emotional breakdown on this trip. No, and, definitely not. And like, and even they, they were like, they agreed with that. And they've, they had actually been to Kenya tons of times before me and they've seen worse things than that. Um, and, so when I got home and Gareth was there, like he was hugging me, and like I started crying. I was like I'm so glad that I'm home, and just because like he's my safe space. Well, and that's you know? that's a good homecoming. And yeah. how did you get to talk about it? And I had unsweet tea. That's really why I was crying. I was super thankful for the tea because we didn't have ice the whole trip. Oh yeah, so or tea. Down tea. And they would bring us drinks. They would bring us sodas and stuff like crates of cokes or fans or whatever. Um, but they were hot, and I don't like. Those kinds of things, those drinks. No, anyways. no, heck no. But no. I really like me some unsweet tea. And he had Rose's burritos waiting in the van for me too. Badass. It was it was great. Good job, Gareth. I know. That's, that's brownie points right there. Yeah, I was... bet you got laid that night. <laughs> <laughs> Is he blushing? He's, He's blushing. blushing. <laughs> he Looks, did. Hey, that, hey sometimes that happens, right? <laughs> Gareth, you earn your brownie points, you get up. to get something. He was pent up a I mean. It was okay. 11 days. You let out a lot. All the trauma that was experienced, good, bad, everything came out. Yeah. Only, only the adult married people on my team are allowed to listen to this podcast now. Well, we hope so. Homework. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what the homework is. He listens. He turned around. He, he can't even keep a straight face right now. <laughs> it's all right. That's why this show's for your mamas. That's right. Hey, so, I, you know, when we first were getting everything ready... April was like, oh, don't even worry about this. Like, I can't even speak for this long. And you have probably been speaking Sorry, for about an hour and 40 minutes. No, it's great. No, that's You gave us, like, all the insight. And that's what we were, that's what I was kind of hoping for, right? Like, come in here and talk about your experience and what was going on. And yeah, I, like kind of, I like to hear stuff like that. I really do. And it's not, like, it was, like, it was really good. You're really good because you Thanks. kept us very entertained. It's uh, Walker turned to me to tell stories. There you go. This is all Walker's. I'm, I'm a product of Walker. Texas Ranger also? No. Oh. No, but you know what? Didn't he have the same birthday as, as Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. No I'm not even making this up. <laughs> Don't you remember? He would always talk about, he like, Chuck Norris's mom. And his yeah. name's Walker. Like, he was Chuck Norris's mom or something. It was so funny. 
but no. I'm well, I really appreciate you coming on yeah. out here. And I'm not cutting you off. I'm just kind of want to. God is holy, man is simple. Jesus is the answer. There you go. Okay, and time. that's that's okay. a badass message. I really enjoy that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I would like to just tell everyone that's listening, you want to go check out this. I, I'm not going to say cult. That's not the right word. But <laughs> <laughs> you want to check out this organization that is nourishing, out. Nourishing the nation. Nourishing the nations. Uh, find us on he- Facebook. Find, yeah, go check them out on Facebook. Nourish the Nation. And go and support them. It seems like they're a great organization doing great things for people out there in the world that, I mean, I'm not doing anything like that. So No, that's badass. Yeah, it's definitely great. That, though. Yeah, and I hope uh, you get some sponsorships. Go go, throw some support at them, right? That's a little fun. donate. Help them get out there. Wait, and, and you've dealt with a lot of trauma, like so I'm glad you're, you're doing okay with that. Right. No. I, I had my, Gareth, I had my moment of crying. Gareth, you got Gareth there to, yeah, to help you out with, yeah. with some of that. That's all I got to say. So That's all I got to say about yeah, that. He's trying to get out of it really bad. But So me and Gareth were having a conversation the other day. And um, he started saying things to me. And I, I didn't understand what they were. I'm not, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say that I'm not religious, right? Like, I believe in God. And I believe... Well, I grew up Catholic. Right, descriptor. Right, well, right. I'm not... I don't know what I'm trying to say here. You're I'm not spiritual. Those. I'm spiritual. There's, there's the words, right? So he, he actually brought up a really good question. And I didn't have an answer for him because I, after he explained it, I kind of had an answer. Uh, so he was actually talking about a couple of different, uh, I don't know. What would you say? What would you call it, Gareth? Uh, we were just kind of talking about like New Testament, Old Testament. Um, there's a lot of things kind of been seeing a lot, a lot lately on social media where a lot of people are doing deep dives into kind of the old Testament. Um, uh, I know Jordan Peterson and he's one of my favorites. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You definitely got me into Jordan Peterson. Yeah. So there's a, there's a series on daily wire that's coming out where there's six different people from different kind of mindsets, um, evangelicals, Jew, um, you know, different different belief systems, different political kind of affiliations, and they're kind of digging into kind of Old Testament. And so kind of what we were talking about was just um, kind of some of the mindsets of, of the theology behind the Old Testament and then kind of transitioning into the New Testament. Uh, so one of the things we were talking about was um, talking about the, like a universalism. We were talking yep. about different kind of doctrines, and so we were just kind of having a dialogue. Um, and he asked me, he he had said like, "Hey, do you know if Zeke's you know uh, how'd you say universalist? universalist? Yeah, universalist." Or and he mentioned a couple of other ones, and I was like, "Man, I honestly don't know." So with the like, description you gave me, I I mean, I would identify as that. I probably I probably gave it to you wrong. So so, so what was the definition? Yeah, that like, he said it you kind of look, you take the the essence of all the religions, so to speak, and look at how they unify at some point. And Something go like to that. a single deity, essentially, is how I de- determined that or broke that down. Yeah, so I, I forgot what I was listening to, but there was, um, I don't know if it was a podcast or if it was a video I was watching, but in essence, what this guy was talking about was this idea of when you boil everything down, you know, what his belief system was, uh, everything pointed to God. And so if... Uh, you you were Buddha and Buddha 
uh, was a form of, of a deity or a form of God. And then you had um, Catholicism and evangelical Christians and Jewish and or Judaism. And you had all these people. And so at the end of the day, if all kind of all roads lead to God as, as a deity, and that's what me and Art were kind of talking about. I said, well, that's kind of universalism. That's, you know, it can it can be anything from nature. It can be anything from uh, ultimately funneling through so that uh, everyone kind of ends up in the same place. Right, right. So and what I was telling him was like, you know, if if God is an almighty God, as he is described to be, right, and he has all the knowledge of the universe, why wouldn't he be smart enough to say, you know what, I'm going to throw out all these different types of religions and things like that because ultimately they say he's a jealous God, right? And no matter what it is that you decide you want to study, because we have the reign to have, we, we are free-willed, essentially, right? We can right. make that decision. Yeah. No yes. matter what it is that you decide that you want to do, you're ultimately going to love me. Right. And, and that's if where you he, do, your if life just, will be, yeah, you fall in the rhythms of grace, life right. will be a little bit smoother for you. Now, as humans, because we're, we're faulty and we fuck up and do stupid shit all the time. Yep. Right. I'm good at that. We've made the religious wars over something that was never intended. It was more intended of saying, hey, you've got a free, you've got a free choice to decide what you want to do, make that decision, but still love me. But we have in turn made it hateful. It's been twisted a little bit, yeah, and it's used for for wars in in that essence. I I can see that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can see where it's been twisted in a lot of things. I mean, it's like some of the stuff that I send Zeke a couple times a week. Oh yeah, where they're questioning. Yeah, where it's all perception of how you how, well, you, how you see a lot of shit. Well, and then now, yeah, there there's a twist with the angels and demons and. You know the the Norse beliefs, the what is it, the the Viking belief, the Viking and all that beliefs. stuff's coming right. back. It's coming back. This multiple gods. Well, I mean, what's the difference from our god? You know, because all those gods have Zeus, right? Essentially, he's the head. He's the head honcho. Or Odin, in, in in some, you know, right? There's two different beliefs. Well, they have one, and there's other gods. Well, we have a god and angels that are powerful. I was going to capabilities. I was going to make things. that comparison. They can come person. and intervene with us. They can mess with us. Just like. You know, we see, hear, see and hear stories of, you know, the gods messing with the Vikings and the Christian Crusaders and their campaigns for right. land and their people, right? Right. I, I don't just, I, I can see your point on that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that you can look through history and you can see where uh, reli- organized religion has been weaponized over generations. I mean, the Christian religion as it as it was didn't gain really traction from a power perspective the roman catholic church until constantine one of the emperors became a christian and then he kind of said all right now this is going to be the religion of of the roman empire yeah Yeah, same yeah you had the same thing in england with king with yeah with king james yeah Yeah. i know but um yeah but the essence of a unifying people is what it's supposed to be about the soul of of I guess what they're trying to preach, right? I, I think that's where you have to separate that um, organized religion versus, you know, a relationship or what what are you trying to get out of your religion? And I think a lot of people 
go to church to check a box or they believe this because they they think of some form of afterlife or they think of some exactly. kind of eternal life. And so it really kind of comes back to motivation of what are you wanting out of out of your religion and out of your uh, why you go to church or why you do this belief system or that belief system. And so I think when you look at it from that perspective, the human nature, I think we as humans are 100% selfish. And so we, we are kind beasts. of, yeah, we, we oh, look yeah. at different religions Definitely and we kind of pick and choose what religion this week works for us. Right. And, and I think that's where you've got to kind of be careful uh, as someone who um, identifies, if you want to even use that word, as an evangelical Christian someone who I, I believe it's not really about me. It's, you know, I am worthless. I am nothing. And it's not, uh, anything I can do. Um, it's about a personal relationship. It's about, you know, being, uh, having an understanding that there's nothing I can do to kind of get me to the next level or get me into salvation or get me into hell. No, but I can contribute to society and people and making think my media surroundings better. Mama's yeah. Mama's oh, that's, 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 that's some worth in oh, action, yeah. though, right? No, Isn't that some worth to it? A little bit of action. So back in one of the things I was talking about earlier, where it says in Ephesians two eight nine, it says, "For by grace you've been saved, and through faith, this is not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." Right. So if we could do anything good on our own to get ourselves or to achieve salvation. It would have been pointless for Jesus to come and do what he did and to die that brutal of a death. And um, works should be a result of knowing Jesus and our salvation. It, our salvation should be worked out in works. Our works do not bring about salvation. And the Bible even tells us that all of no, our, all of our good works are but like my poopy rags. Our right. purpose should be to make disciples. I'm going to give the microphone back to Gareth now. Of course it is. Sorry. <laughs> But then to walk it through example, right, with daily life, because we still have to do the daily struggles. Um, like, I still got to go design roads and lay out subdivisions, but I got to live in a, you know, in a righteous manner, so to speak, even after my fuck-ups. God. Wow. That went violent. So yeah. I look, a lot of it's looking people. internal, though. Like, I fight a lot of demons that I got to talk down. Um, and I do look to God for that. Like I do, I have a daily conversation and I do have a personal relationship um, to help with these demons that I'm constantly fighting. I think that goes back to like personal testimony and what sharing your story. And so having a personal relationship, having um, something to talk about. And so kind of what April's talking about with making disciples, going out and saying, hey, it's not because of me, it's because of a relationship. It's because of what Jesus done, did for me. Um, every one of us, I mean, she talked about the story with Walker. Every one of us is kind of not, I mean, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We, we, I think, sometimes take life for granted. And so living a life fully. So, yes, it's not about works, but it is about living life um, to the fullest extent. And so I think that for like for me, it's, you know, being able to be a witness, to go and for April, go into to Kenya and taking those moments to kind of step outside of, of what she identifies as, you know, a mother or, um, you know, a, a, a childcare worker, but she's going out for something bigger than her going in and proclaiming a truth, a fundamental truth 
of who God is and, and who gain, Jesus yeah, is. Yeah, gaining some perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where kind of creating that dialogue, creating that dialogue to um, have people talk about, hey, what is your belief system? What is what is the reasoning behind it? What is your worldview? How do you look at the world? Uh, and why do you look at the world that way? And create an open dialogue to be able to say, hey, you know, we don't agree on this or, or we do agree on this. Let's let's have a conversation, because I think that there are some uh, people out there. I mean, you, you can look at uh, universalism. You can look at uh, all kinds of organized religion. And, and I think that we are so quick to try to weaponize and try to say, well, because you don't believe in what I believe in, we have to hate each other. You're wrong. I'm right. Right. And so I think that there's there there's not a compromise. I, I don't think when it comes to salvation and when it comes to convictions, there's necessarily a compromise. But I do think that there is not a not a power within me to save you or to save anyone. I I don't have that authority. I don't have that power. You can only be the messenger. They have to be able to. Open right. That's up the ultimate it. selfishness. Like we have that power to save ourselves. Right. Great. I mean, you're yeah. just you're just sitting that you're proclaim the gospel. And so going and telling the good news, if you right. you or anyone, not you, but like if just anyone says, well, I don't want to I don't believe that. OK, then you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting the message. And right. so that's that's the dialogue to try to create to bring people in to say, look, I care about you as a human being. Let's have this dialogue. Right. And, and I think that's the whole um motivation behind the, the thing I was talking about with the, the Old Testament with these people coming together to kind of talk things out and say, okay, where do we differ? Why do you kind of stop? So, you know, we were talking about Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro and the whole... Yeah, they're looking for the structure right. of it all. What holds it all up together. And, and What's try, the root and call, trying of to all create, of this? Holds us all yeah. Yeah. Trying to create a dialogue. Trying to not say, you know, yes, we disagree on this. Fundamentally, you believe this, I believe this. But where can we have a dialogue? Where can we have a discussion? Right here. So that we can, so that we can. Talk. Right here. And I, I think that's the intention of those kind of things. That was the intention of me and your conversation. You know. Uh, yeah, all day. It, it's about understanding where people are, why they are the way they are, um, and, and going and, and meeting people where they are. Yeah, so we can navigate the world in our daily lives with a little bit of ease. Yeah. Greg, once you fall in the rhythms of grace, it's a little bit easier to navigate because you've still got ups and downs and peaks and valleys and all that, but it gets a little smoother. seems like you have something that you can go in and help. You can have those internal conversations with you and your God and help you help guide you through your struggles yeah. that you're what's going on. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like, yeah, I like what Gareth's talking about. Like right. That's yeah. Good shit, Gareth. Good shit, Gareth. And he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to talk. He's got. He's coming in with the hard conversations. I still don't want to talk. No, you're doing great though. He just let go. You you had mentioned. Yeah. Did you ever remember the word that you had said when we were talking about it? You're like, he's universalism or it's something. And then you had mentioned a couple of different kinds of well, my categories. Catholic. I grew up in a Baptist church in Lenora. Right. Are you are you uh, non-denominational? You. So Baptist, I, 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 I attend a Southern Baptist church. Uh, I don't identify as per se a denomination. So I am a follower of Christ. Um, I would associate myself with evangelical. Um, so okay. being, being that Jesus is the only way, uh, proclaiming uh, his name and, and his is the, the way to salvation. 
Um, but some of the overall doctrine, I don't, I'm not dogmatic in uh, saying, you know, this is fundamentally, you, you believe this or you don't believe this, and that's the separation. For me, the separation is Jesus. Uh, the other stuff we can have debates about. We can have theological conversations about. Um, I don't think that dictates someone's salvation or lack thereof. Um, so I would lean more towards, um, you know, immersion Baptist, bapt- uh, baptism. And so you kind of lean more towards Baptist. But from an organized uh, denominational perspective, I- I'm not really, you know, leaning one way or the other. Okay. Okay. But no, I wouldn't consider myself non-denominational because I do think that churches as a whole need some kind of structure. So um, they need something of, you know, where where do you sit on the baptism thing? Are you are you sprinkled? Are you immersion? Whether whether you believe one way or the other, you, you need to make you need to make a choice. You have to organize and, the chaos. Yeah, and so yeah. there needs to be yeah. something. Right, there. there needs to be some sense of organization. Um, I I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and there were several churches who were non-denominational. Then you got on their website and you looked them up. It's like, oh, okay, you're Southern Baptist. <laughs> you just don't want to say you're Southern Baptist because it offends certain people. Right. Uh, and so as you kind of dig in, a lot of times you look at their theology and they lean one way or the other. They're Pentecostal or they're Episcopal, they're Methodist, right. they're Baptist. So they have different avenues of faith and and kind of how they determine that they want to function as, a, as an organization how they perceive themselves. They just right. don't want to the put, public. Yeah, they just want to put it out there straight up. Because I, I think, I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier with the weapon, weaponizing religion. I think a lot of times denominations as a whole, there comes with certain stigmas. There comes with certain stigmas with Methodism. There comes with certain stigmas with Southern Baptists uh, and, and how things are ran in, in, in the corporate world of that. Because we have... We as Americans, I will say this: something as something simple as Baptist. Baptist in Africa or South Africa or South America means completely different than North America, than right. the United States. The United States has uh, almost turned organized religion into corporations. Um, it's about you know there's people in a boardroom making money off of other things, uh, and so when you find those organizations that are Bible believing, true, selfless. Um, organizations who who aren't into that aren't about their CEOs making a ton of money. They're about giving more than they are receiving. I think those are the organizations that I'm drawn to to kind of go and support and to financially back and things like that um, because it hasn't turned itself into a corporation, which I think a lot of denominations nowadays have. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like Catholic Church is a huge business, right? So do oh, you, yeah. so you would. Would you have a problem with uh, like a pastor who grows a small church into a multi-million conglomerate, like the homeboy from Houston? What's his name? Holstein. Oh, no, are we? Yeah. Are we about to push buttons over there? She's gonna be yelling. She's about, about to, to stab me with this big ass <laughs> knife at the table. <laughs> That's a knife. So, because I mean, he's a he's a he's a big he's a big. Makes a lot of money. He made a lot he of money. He does not. make a lot of money. He he is a an amazing motivational speaker. Uh, I, I don't consider him a pastor or a preacher. That's what. That's, but uh, that's what he's he. he has, that's what he, he sells. Is that right? He that's sells motivation. Point. He sells motivation, and he is very good at that. Um, his he he took over his father's ministry, uh, and took it and turned it into a business. 
and he makes really good money. Which is what all big religious organizations, I could you, maybe they do right, like assuming they do it. I think that you have to be careful with that because I think that as an organization gets larger, you, you look at any oil field company that starts out as a mom and pop. You know, right. As they get bigger and bigger, their operations grow bigger and bigger. They have to, if they want to sustain uh, and they want to continue to grow, they've got to increase their leadership. They've got to increase, okay, this person's going to be over this. This person's going to be over this. I think churches are the same way. I think with uh, that particular person's church uh, in the Dallas area, uh, I think that they have Houston. a certain... Huh? I thought he was Houston. Is he Houston? Yeah, because he bought the Astrodome, and he wouldn't let he wouldn't let people uh, stay there during the floods. Super pressed out. Yeah, so I I think. Yeah, I think with with that particular. This goes into, uh, you know, there there are there are pastors out there that will use Jesus or use God or use the Bible as a way to make money as a way to either weaponize religion in the sense that to kind of mentally and, and emotionally beat down people and say, you know, if you're not part of our church and part of our group, almost like a cult, if you're not part of this this group, uh, then you've got it wrong. And there's, a, there's right. a sense of hate. There's a sense of disrespect of saying, well, if you're not part of my body or if you badmouth me, because you know, look at look at how much millions of dollars I have. If you're going to badmouth me, well, then you're obviously wrong. And I think when you start trying to weaponize that and you start trying to make money off of God, Jesus, church in general, I think those are the people to kind of run the other way, to kind of go the opposite. Get away from that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your what's your thoughts about like Scientology? Um. I so I heard this one time was like, um. What's the difference between Scientology and Christianity, right? Like, Scientologists believe, like, they have a little alien that they can ultimately control them that's internal, and Christians believe in the Holy Spirit. So I think with Scientology, the the problem with, with Scientology is a lot of things you hear about them is all from past members. So there's a sense of bitterness. There's a sense of uh, bad feelings involved in that. And so the fact that majority of Scientology is based on science fiction and the founder of it wrote books, uh, I I tend to lean more into um, tall tales, into this person, what he wants God to be and kind of put God in a box and mold him in a way. Um, versus with Christianity, we have writings. We have things that predate Scientology that are historically accurate that, that non-believers, that historians said, hey, this, this person existed. This story actually happened. With Scientology, there's a lot of mystery that's kind of still involved, uh, and it's more of a, a tale that's been told um, by one guy. And, and it's one person's vision for what he thinks God is. And so I think if that's you were to no look different, at it, That's no different than being, uh, what is it, a Mormon, right? Because it's all based off of John Smith and Joseph his, Smith. Joseph Smith and 
and what he saw and witnessed by himself, right? Yes. So, and I think that's kind of going back to, um, from a belief system that I believe, the creator, the founder, if you even want to say that, I mean, the creator, the founder is the creator of the universe, but who I serve, Jesus, there is no body, there is no grave, there is no tomb um, that you can find him in. You can find Joseph Smith, you can find... Um, I don't know if the guy from Scientology is dead or not, but there's all kinds of... I think of, he is. His wife probably is. He might, yeah. I think he killed her. If you watch the documentary series with uh, that famous actress who left... Yes. She... Yeah, they, they believe he killed her. Yeah, Man. and there's... And there's and that's the thing with Scientology. I don't want to kind of go down that path, but... Right. There's a lot of sick stuff and some, some pretty crazy things if some of the stories that come out of that the, are true. The stories that they come out, like... They're pretty bad. Yes. Like they, the things they have those kids do whenever they're trying to like work their way through the process, brutal. Right. Yeah. And it's it also costs a lot of money. It's not a religion that you can go into. You, I guess you can go into it and stay and believe your whole life, but you'll never you'll never elevate. I guess you could say in their ranks unless you have the money to put in there. You'll always be at the bottom. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's. It's a business. It's a transactional religion. There's certain yeah. things. Transactional, have, I like that. Yeah, you have to put into it, and the more you put into it, the better off you are. And, and it's not even just, mental. And none of those that y'all mentioned teach that God is holy, man is sinful, and Jesus is the answer. None of those teach that. And that's exactly what the Bible teaches. Right. At least those key points. Uh, there was another one that I was going to ask you about, and I I lost track of it. I'm not sure what it was. Going on the same kind of tangent we were running on there. One of the ones that we talked about? No, I think it was just something else that popped in my head. Okay. Um, thoughts? Thoughts? Zeke? Zach? Thoughts? I like it. I don't know if that's a... Is that a thought? Just, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Zach? C. C. See, <laughs> all right, whatever. No, it's uh, hey, because Zach, you grew up, you grew up going to church, right? Yeah, I grew you up, were pretty much Baptist growing up. Yeah, right? I grew up Baptist, so I mean, I can, I, I wouldn't even consider myself Baptist as much as anything anymore. I mean, I got, I mean, it's like we had said in last past episodes. I have my relig- my beliefs, and my relationship. But as for, like, putting myself in a church, it's kind of hard for me to go back to a church. After seeing what I saw growing up and then even even being an adult and seeing the, hypo- the hypocrisy in... He wasn't a fan know, of the Bible drills. He didn't like the Bible drills. No, I didn't like the Bible drills. No, just seeing the hypocrisy in religious, quote-unquote, religious people, even in like close relationships with me and my ex-wife and shit like that. It, it makes it hard for me to want, want to be in a church. So when I look for a church, so in the church I was baptized in, in 2019 is renewed life in Midland. Yeah. Um, I go for, I don't care what anybody else is doing, gimmicky, whatever. It's, it's about me and God, I guess like that's what I'm there for. It's my, how I feel 
Like I'm there for for my being, what I'm what I want to do and get out of it. I don't care what anybody else is doing. Right. So if they're telling me and they're talking to me, then I'm gonna listen. Right. If I feel like but my tithing, then cool. Like if if I feel like they're oriented in the right direction, I'll I'll tithe. I'll do that. Right. But but my, like my hypocrisy that I saw was close knit to the family, like very close. Uh, yeah. And this person claimed to be i mean she acted like her shit didn't stink and she was the closest thing to god what did it did you smell it ever yeah. no i didn't oh, okay. it. you didn't go that route i didn't put my nose that far up her ass like uh. everyone else did <laughs> so was this person like a leader of the church that was there that you were like part of no she she made friends with everybody and worked her way around becoming part of the church mm-hmm and hearing her talk shit about myself and other people that I knew, it's just kind of, all right, that's not, you know, it's not what you're supposed to do as a yeah, no. quote-unquote Christian. Go or, find a new church. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but even growing up as a in the Baptist church, you know, you saw the same shit. Right. So, I mean, that's where me personally, I'm like, you know what, I got my... But that's I, just one church. Like, I wouldn't chalk that up to the whole religion. Well, I mean... Just like our motorcycle club. Like, right. some chapters are better than other chapters. But there's still one club. Right. All one. So, I mean, try a different church. That's so, it. I, I mean, I got... My first marriage was in the Catholic church. I got to be Catholic by default, right? Like, Monsignor Bridges said, Oh, you're in the military. Badass. Sign this paper. Bam, bam, bam. You're Catholic. You're getting married. So we did all that. No, but no I, classes. I, which know, is shit, because I no, had to do a no lot CCD. of classes. You had to go through the yeah. CDC. What is the CDC? Yeah. CCD. But I, I, CCE, whatever you it go is in now. Just acting like you belong. And he was like, okay, cool. You can be Catholic. He let me be Catholic. Yours has a lot of uh, issues with me. Uh, not necessarily being Catholic, but uh, we'll, we'll start talking about religions, right? And I'd be like, Gareth, it's okay. I know you're wrong because, you know, Catholic was the original and uh, we're oh right. <laughs> he doesn't like he, No. He, he does that right there. That's that, when that the look. conversation's over. Yeah, you see the look? Yeah, that's that's what he. That's what I get every time. No, I mean, but the thing. This is a patient man. Right, yeah. He's been very patient with me. But the thing that I've taken out of this is the exact <laughs> quote that, she's, that April's been saying all night. I mean, that hit more, that hit home more than anything else. That I've heard over the last 38 years of my whole fucking life. Right. So, I mean, it's that's, just straight blunt to the face. Yeah. And sometimes that's what. Thank you, April. That, that's what you fucking need. Yeah. Just to punch right in the fucking face. Yeah. And you're going to get one. I, Two, actually. I, I remember correctly. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I do. We're, we're, I'm sober, bro. I remember <laughs> things like <that>. sometimes. <laughs> we got it on recording anyway. It don't matter. Just go back and listen to it. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's pretty good. What else we got? Gareth? You're the man on the mic, and you're leading the conversation, man. The I man. like the religious conversation. It's not something we've done, and... Yeah, we've kind of know? we've had, kind of tried to stay away from it, because we... Was it intentional? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not yeah. something I bring up, because, yeah, it usually gets... I Sometimes it gets a little... Scary. Yeah, they, they say politics and religion something you don't really want to talk about, but... So, in free, if you're a Freemason, that's what they tell you. You don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion. Talk about anything else. Not those two. 
Because when you walk into a lodge, you are all equals. It doesn't matter who or what or like anything it. like that, right? That stuff stays outside. That's good. So, so it the, should be the Illuminati. Huh. We're not Illuminatis. <laughs> what else you got, Gareth? Nothing. Come on, man. You you are a man of. You're just being bashful. Don't be bashful. I mean, yeah, you're a man of many want. words when you get going. Speak it up. You gotta speak up. Oh. What did she say? I couldn't hear her. Oh, she said we have children. Kiddos. Oh yeah, it is. And they want to go extremely late. And they want to go practice. No, from the <laughs> from Zach's comments, the only thing I would say, um, I don't really talk about this a lot, um, but part of the reason we moved back to Texas after being married. Um, was that for a year and a half, almost two years, I was in ministry. I was a youth pastor. I actually took a job uh, prior to moving to West Texas 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, I was in the restaurant business. That's what I thought I was going to be doing for the rest of my life, um, kind of doing uh, volunteer work as far as mission trips and, and, and traveling, but but that being something that I only did, you know, two or three times a year. Um, and that was, that was me serving. The church can be a bunch of hypocrites. The church is a bunch of hypocrites because the church is human. The church are people and we suck and we disappoint people. Uh, me and April have been married 15 years. I've disappointed her many of times. Um, I have let her down. I have been a hypocrite multiple times. Um, and I think that is why you, you don't go to church because of people. If you find a pastor, if you find a teacher who preaches scripture and preaches the Bible, great. Uh, look for that. Look for a church that preaches scripture and preaches the Bible. But if you, as humans, you think with a title, we put the, these pastors on pedestals and we screw up. Um, I left the ministry 12 years ago. Um, I will never be back in ministry. Um, I, I will serve. I will go to, on trips. Um, but I don't see myself ever serving on a church, on a staff at church. Um, the church hurt me. There were people um, that very close to me in April were like family and it's been years since we've spoken to them um so i completely understand where you're coming from yeah but this is where kind of going back to what april said it's not about people it's not about a pastor it's not about a preacher about a teacher it's about a relationship with god jesus and and having something deeper than just showing up on Sunday to check a box from a membership perspective and moving on. Um, because I was in the same boat several years ago. Um, I mean, art walked me with, walked with me through all this. Uh, there was a time where I don't even know what, what I was struggling with to even say, you know, am I atheist? Am I an agnostic? You know, what do I believe And having to kind of walk that? And, and it was a, six, nine month path that I was on to try to understand, you know, what do I believe? Because there were just things in my life that, that 
didn't line up and, and it was a you know me walking through some hypocrisy and me me being the hypocrite and kind of going through things and had to kind of write that path and you know it, it's been a journey and i'm still on that journey um so yeah that would be the only thing i would encourage you is you know it's not about the people because we suck and you know <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah exactly that's all I'm gonna he, say with that. He but. gave me he gave me some credit to this uh, to that journey that he was on, but man, I don't know if I deserve any of that credit. That's a lot bigger than me. It's a lot bigger than me. You I were there. You were. You I was were there. there. You were present. I was. I was. A, I was an ear. That and was, and at that time, I, I needed. I needed that. So I get it. Well, I'm glad I was there to help you out. I'm. I'm here for anybody that wants to just sit down, bullshit, and chit chat. Right. That's what oh, we're all hey. about. Oh yeah. So. I don't feel like I'm smart enough to have those cool ass conversations, but you know, <laughs> we got through it. Yeah, it was a tough time. And I, and I love Gary; I mean, he's been a really good friend to me. So I'm glad I was able to at least just be there and be in here. So cool. You're an art guy. Yeah, I try. Yeah, yeah I try. Yeah, to be he's all right. all right. I guess some people decided they wanted to keep me around there once in a while. We love you, dude. <laughs> Stop that shit. <laughs> uh. Do we have anything else, guys? I mean, I got shit we could bullshit around, but I mean, we are almost at we're at two forty, two thirty. We're probably gonna have to split this up into two episodes. Nah, we'll be alright. You think so? Two forty? Yeah, yeah. We got to edit some out. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. We'll right. can't can't cut this in half. This is a full. Yeah, it's, it's one. Full. It's one big one. Yeah. You get the whole. Get all the meat. The whole. All the, the salami. <laughs> Uh, Gareth, April, anything from y'all? Any last words? Anything you want to just hey, throw out there as a thanks for coming on? Like, yeah, thanks, we, awesome. we appreciate it a lot. Thanks to Art for inviting my wife so that I could come along. <laughs> God is holy, man is sinful, and Jesus is the answer. That's Amen. Amen. Hey, so you know what though? I've asked him a bunch of times. It's like I told him, I was like, you want to come on? Just come on. Just let me know when you want to come. And he's like, I don't have nothing to talk about. And I was like, okay. Well then. We had lunch the other day. April came out. We were eating, and she was talking about all her stuff that she did. And I was like, "You want to come on the podcast?" And she was like, "We're going to talk about." It. I was like, "No, we'll talk about this. Like, yeah. tell us about everything you did." Yeah, like that's right? awesome. And then we get back to the office, and then me and him start talking. And I was like, "Dude, you're going to be there. You're going to talk about this when we get there." Like, he's like, "I don't want to be on there." And I was like, "What? No, like we always talk about. What are you going to talk about?" Yeah, he did good. Yeah. Once he got over all the blushing and the giggling. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> we love you. Someone will take you home. Anything else, guys? Any last things? No. No? Good? Zach? No. Zach. I'm good. See? You good? <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go check us out on Facebook. Go hit the like button. Share this episode with your mamas because it's a little bit offensive. This one's not, but Buy most of the time it is. Yeah, this one's right. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Podcast Attic. You can find us on my favorite system, Apple Podcast. <laughs> Haters, right? All the time, all the time. Uh, go check us out on Shopify. Zach was just dropping that note, right? Check us out on Shopify. You can go get us some of our merch. Once you get a little bit of some of that Easy Struggle merch, your sexy points kind of go up. It's just fact. Yeah, they do. It's just fact. Right? Three points. Facts. Three points. That's all you need. And you, you level up. So that's it for this week's Shit Show and Shenanigans.